0: Ba. 275, and tonight we got a doozy out the wazoozy. you. we're gonna be dropping knowledge, and we're gonna be giving you that fantasy football goo like only pyromaniac can do. This show is gonna be the love show. We're gonna be talking about fantasy football things we love, but we're also gonna have some fun and jump outside the fantasy football lexicon and talk about things in general that we love about life to give you a little insight into our lives and some of the things that we really enjoy in life. And we is, to my left, Houdini, what's up my man, I got stag party across the way, I am D-Rex, we are pyromaniac.com, and uh, what's up, this is awesome, I'm fired up, fantasy football and uh, training camps and the NFL season is irking closer and closer, going to be a blink of an eye before all these games start. Uh, What's up my man?
1: I I like, uh, one thing I love I love grammar, so I love we is, uh, Houdini and and Stan Parker (laughs) It was was we, uh, colon
0: uh, semi-colon Yeah, you're not not talking your way on that one Not helping yourself
1: (laughs) Did it it work? Uh, (laughs) Debatable Dogmatica's gonna give you a call (laughs) Yeah, One thing,
0: you know, you love. It might be his only call (laughs) Yeah, one call Only one call away. (laughs) I'm calling. I got one call from prison. And it
2: went to voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of the things you love, you love to start a training camp. You love to start seeing news firing up all the time now. You're getting news yesterday from injuries, and and today with PubList, a lot of teams reporting. And throughout the weeks, uh, you'll see even more. So expect a lot of news firing rapidly at you real quick here. Uh, Lots of different interesting things have already sort of happened. We've seen Kenneth Dixon out for the season, which you don't love. You don't love to see an injury this early in the season. And Jordan Reed, a big-time fantasy contributor on a lot of teams, uh, he's starting the training camp on Pup.
1: Which, which, which is, unfortunately, is a if you're a Jordan Reed dynasty owner, you're going, can you ever stay just healthy?
2: Give me a full season of health. And this is a new one, apparently an ankle injury. So it's, it's nothing related to be, uh, what he's gone through before. We'll see how he can rebound. I'd love for him to see a quick rebound.
0: Did you see uh, Pyro Heartbeats um, call? He thinks, I know we don't want to go there, but it's a foot or an ankle injury. He's just had some foot pain, I guess. He thinks it's a Lis Frank. No Yeah Heartbeat's caught Just taking a guess He's taking a stab at it You know Who knows uh, He's by no means A doctor or Nostradamus But he called He thinks it's a list Frank injury um, You know what I think I'm wrong I think he called it to be Maybe plantar It's plantar, plantar fasciitis? fasciitis Yeah It's not a Sorry I, I jumped the gun there It was plantar fasciitis I love it a, when you jump the gun Yes I, I'm such i I'm an NRA card member What can I say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we you know we're just in season. We basically have to do these pyro podcasts about the weekly matchups coming on. We have fun. We drink our beers. We uh, stray into the pop culture realm and fun, good stuff as much as we can during those shows. But. Um, non bye weeks, you know. We got 16 games to cover. As you know, ad and we dive deep and cover every player under the sun, every fantasy relevant player. So we kind of wanted to use this show to talk about some fantasy things we love. Obviously, we're a fantasy podcast. But also, just kind of also, you know, peel back the curtain, as uh, we like to say, and give you an insight into our personality and some of the things that make us tick outside of the fantasy world. Sometimes I think a lot of the sites and the, the people in this industry, while there's some great minds and some fun and very nice people, sometimes I feel like it's just robotic and just fantasy, 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 this, that, that, this, that. So. I like to get, have a little bit more fun, and um, you know, so we're gonna kinda try and throw out something we love that's fantasy related, offset it with some other pop culture and things that, that we enjoy. So, I say we get right into it. I'll take the first one here, um, and just for me, I'm just gonna say things I love more than anything is an 11 by 17 tier sheet. It's the only thing I gotta bring to my fantasy drafts. I posted two weeks ago a video that me and Houdini did back in March, maybe April, um, of our tiers updated video, um, it is good stuff, as you know, uh, with the help of Stag Party, we've been pioneers in the tier, tiers movement in this industry for ages. Uh, it's just all you need. You need one sheet, 11 by 17, if you want to do an 8.5 by 11 out of your printer, go for it, but if you, have, if you want to take the time in, at your office get an 11 by 17 or go to FedEx, you just have more room on the side to write stuff. The names are bigger, so they're easier to cross off. It's just a little bit better to put it on one sheet. And uh, goddamn, I've already—I was working on I was on a flight today, and when I was working on my tiers, and uh, I had a lot of players, a lot of refinement, and it's just crazy. If you tiers are the shit, uh, check out that video. Check out some of our previous podcasts um, on the subject. Uh, but, yeah, for me, I just love that one sheet, walking in with my beer, walking in with my sheet, and maybe some uh, some natural herbs of some sort, uh, and the rest is history.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, because until I – you're the one that, that – preached it to me and then I started using it because I used to be the person that would come in and I had my different lists and I didn't, I never used the top 200 list or anything like that, but I would always just have, okay, here are my two pages of all the quarterbacks, here's my three pages of all the running backs, here's my four pages of all the wide receivers and then here's all my tight ends. So then I'm going from booklet to booklet to booklet, I'm scratching the guys off and then it's like trying to make sure that you're keeping up and to have it all on one page Right there in front of you, easy to see. You're doing the separating of where the tier mark- markers are. You can see who the clear advantage guys are. It made just the stress of what can happen during a draft easy. You know, you're know, you never going to become that person that, oh my God, I don't know who to take right now. I mean, you can figure it out within a minute, even if you hadn't done it. You can just look on your tiers. Who's the guy that's standing out? And it's your stress is the position you're going to pick, not the player at the
0: position. Correct. And there's not stress there where you're like, what do I really need? Uh, what, where do I need to go with this? What are, you, what are your thoughts uh, on tiers? And you don't even need to go on. You can kind of throw on another. We don't need to spend too much time on tiers. We, we talk about them plenty, and that's always going to be a part of our uh, strat- strategic MO.
2: I like... To take my 7-by-11... 7-by-11... Uh, I, like I like to go to 7 I love seven I'm like there on the daily. Like, you can't get better deals than those donuts or muffins.
0: And they got the best Gatorade. I, I tell you
2: what. Love, love a second. will love this... We'll have this conversation
1: after you have your 7 by 11, or how big is your sheet? <laughs> 17 by 11. 11 like, by
2: 17. 11 by 17. Oh, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. You what I like turn to- it. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough, sorry. So I like to take that and I like to plaster it to the side of my 24, you know, Bud Lights. the Bush Lights, Bush Lattes, whatever you want to call them, so depending like on that. the day. You just attach them right to that sheet you can pull out the beer and then scratch it off at wow. the same
0: time
2: kind of like
0: kind of like a little board there you, it's got like a little, a little you got a little clipboard set up latte oh my god wow. that is that is next generation <laughs> that is next generation i see a future in uh product development for you Stag party um so so can i bring it back to Seven Eleven? Well, let, no. Let's do a couple. Let's do a couple few fantasy things okay, right now, and then let's, I mean, let's talk to some oh, fantasy. I
2: know. Yeah, no let yeah, yeah, no, is my fuel for fantasy. you Eleven. Well, <laughs> so I'm, 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 you're
1: you're of my uh, age group. We're Generation Xers here. Whitehead. So, when you think? Whitehead Pantry. <laughs> that's another one. Thinking about just the, what were the greatest like of those type shops? Because then there was also like in Iowa, uh, there was like the Quick Trip. They have the awesome stuff is that out. A quick trip in
0: Arizona. If, those if, are nice.
1: Those are nice. I don't know if you've ever been out on the East Coast and been to a Wawa. Yeah, I've heard of Wawa. I've never been to a Wawa. They are fantastic. They the, the coffee setup is phenomenal. They got great coffee. So it's when you think about it, it's like what, what it used to be. Like I also remember, like there was like the Mighty Shops that uh, used to be around. Um, the come and goes I didn't like so much.
2: Yeah, depends on the day the, the, of the week.
0: Especially especially because isn't it it spelled C U M? K U M. K
2: U M? Oh, okay. Like, you
0: don't know. (laughs) I go go to my buddy the other day that I met for some beers. At The coolest brewery, I was telling you about it. We'll talk about brews in a little bit. But AZ Wilderness down in Mesa, Arizona, such a great brewery. But I'm going, I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, come on, let's do it. And it was the funniest fucking line. I was dying. I'm like, come on, man, let's do it. He looks at me, how you spelling cum? It was so stupid I was like yeah. That's a good one um, Alright So yeah There was a lot of Those old ones There's uh, I was a white hand guy Seven Eleven bought white hand, And then just kind of ro- Roped but them in But white hand
1: was Superior to Seven Eleven Because they had Much better You could get Fresh deli sandwiches, sandwiches. Yeah They had deli
0: sandwiches yep. they, they had a good one So stay Let's say let you do a, a fantasy football Love Of yours in, in the uh, In the spirit Of loving stuff And I can tell you what, I can tell you What your first one If you want me To give you a lead in on it and then we, you know, I will give Are a you in his brain? Yeah. No, I'll give you a lead in on it because we've, you you said it a number of times over the last few days because we're in the middle of a charity fantasy football expert draft right now. We'll touch upon that maybe and, and, and talk about our league in a little bit. But one of the things that we did last year in this league and we didn't end up doing very great um, was Houdini and I like these explosion guys. We like guys that go and, 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 and they're going to do big and boom uh, kind of weeks and win you weeks. But one of the awesome things that can can happen when you do that is you gotta have a some more slow and steady type of guys. And as well as that, you've got to have proven commodities. you got to get, make sure you're drafting any guy, not all the Johnny come at least, not all the young rookies. We've talked on the show how when you have teams with too many rookies on it, you usually get bit in the ass to Stags, Tell us about your proven commodity aspect of fantasy football love.
2: So I love proven commodities. Basically, you know what you're going to get from a player. You're trying not to go for those guys who are changing teams, those young players who are rookies. You're looking at second- and third-year guys, uh, and everything else just involved in that is you sort of know what you're going to get. The Golden Tates of the world who put up similar stat lines year after year. How do you find those guys and balance them with the upside guys that are, that are you know, tending to blow up on um, maybe every other week or every three week basis? How do you balance guys with who can get you that five for fifty and who you can sort of project out and know on a weekly basis that you're getting something from them and your lineup uh, won't be a zero.
3: Yeah,
0: no. Yep. I, I think it's. I think it, it, it's smart. And I don't. I don't do it enough. I. I'm always. I'm always one of those guys. Like, I don't want. I don't want three years ago's best managed football team. And I find myself in. Sometimes, like, it's like anything. When it pays off, pays off. I'm definitely a foreshadowing guy, and I try and take the information from previous seasons and pick who's going to have that big one this year. But sometimes you just gotta. You gotta go for the slow and steady get the guy that you know is going to deliver.
1: Well, especially when you're doing drafts that you're doing as early as we are, before training camps have started, before uh, preseason games have been played. So before, there are so many other factors that that can play into a guy not hitting his marks, especially if he's a guy that you're pegging as an up and comer and those things can can change dramatically during what happens in in, in both training camps and preseason games. So when you have a guy like a Golden Tate or someone who you can consistently project what those numbers are gonna be within a reasonable uh, plus or minus, it's a safer pick, and, and, and when you're picking that early, yeah, I agree. Um,
0: all right, anything else you want to uh, you want to dive deeper on that that kind of a fantasy thought there, Stags? You want to give it, you want to give that thought a little more love?
2: I mean, there's just so many aspects that go into it. It's just balancing the proven commodities with the upside, guys. But it's also, hey, on a weekly basis, I love that I know what I'm gonna get from this guy, like oh, I, I might not be able to get the blow-up upside game, but I know that this guy's going to get me 10 points. And that puts me, you know, maybe on a bye week with some peace of mind. Um, and, and that's how I sort of feel about it. Like, lots of different aspects go into it. Just getting some of those guys on your team helps you provide that floor that you need. Uh, and, and projecting floors and ceilings, it's important to have the guy you know that's going to fall in the middle of that. Presents are the best way to show someone how much you care. It is like this tangible thing that you can point to and say, "Hey, man, I love you. This many dollars worth."
0: <laughs> um, good stuff. Here's here's one question I got for you. I know in years past, what past few years, you liked the Frank Gore, um, just because he's one of those guys, known commodity. Doesn't show signs of wearing down. You know he's going to work hard in the offseason. He's going to play uh, most of the games this year. And that thought is a proven commodity. Do you like him as much? Is there a player right now that in, in your MFL 10s and some of the mocks and some of the, the real uh, draft chair, expert drafts that you're doing, that is, is filling a lot of your lineups as that proven commodity
2: role? There's a lot of different guys depending on... You know, your roster construction, so sometimes you might go for the proven commodity at tight end, or you might swing for the upside, or you might go for the more proven, you know, taking a guy at quarterback who's been through the rigors of it, who's put up, you know, 4,500-yard seasons, and you're not just going out on the ba- the baseline best projection possible, because that's not really how I play. I play the margins, and eventually that's going to win out.
0: Yeah, you do, and I have told you before. Like you used to, I told both of you guys. You, you'll draft. A, I'll never draft third down quarterback, uh, running back in my life. And you guys do that, and and you get success out of it. And I'll look. I'll be like, I'll look at it sometimes like, you know what? These third down running backs can become the cow if a guy gets hurt, but also are able to put up fantasy points in their role in the way that they get sucked on. So it helps I'll, me PPR. I'll,
1: I'll throw you a a love yeah. of mine. I'll, I'll play into that with like yeah. players like that. I love the undervalued players, and I love them when I play in auction formats and auction dynasties because the undervalued guy is the guy that you can get cheap, and he's going to give you. So much more value. So uh, a player that you're talking about, Matt, and, and all these leagues that I'm playing in, they're BPR leagues. So how about Theo Riddick? Theo Riddick it, it just, was just awesome in the sense that look at all the different running backs that have been there and gone since since he's still been there. He, Joy Bell, right? Uh, we had Amir Abdullah. We had um, who were the who were the other replacements for? Still have Amir, right? But but he's he's. Scored through him being there. Yeah. Um, you Good had, point. You, You've had, uh, there was another uh, head back that they had. Kevin, uh, Kevin Smith. Smith. Right. So you, you've had all this crowd back, he's continued to be a performer and he continued to be undervalued. He becomes like the Danny Woodhead of old that you could always get every year. He's always going to be a top 25 running back. So, especially in PPR formats. And those players, I think, are so interesting. You know, or last year the guy at wide receiver was the Tyrell Williams, and you know to be able to be, to be able to capitalize on him. I remember going back. If you remember, you know, to the podcast back when Emmanuel Sanders was potentially almost going to get swooped up by the New England Patriots, and then it ended up that he ended up going to Denver. And but even after it
0: was the Patriots, but then he actually gave a verbal committal to the Chiefs. Right, and which is going to be like a death sentence. Which was a death sentence. And right. he's, like, he's like, I'm going to join Manny, and that caused an uproar. But yeah, I remember it.
1: But, but I had grabbed him the year before thinking that, oh, here's a guy who has potential, even if he stayed with Pittsburgh. And then he didn't really hit his, his level with Pittsburgh, but you stick with the guy. In a dynasty-type format, that's what I love. If you have the room on your bench in dynasty, and you have these guys at cheap, nominal nominal, nominal prices, nominal nominal prices, you can... phenomenal they're phenomenal because they're they're great bench guys that that are still playing but have potential for huge bigger upside down the road
0: cool I love it um all right let's do let's do something that we, we, we you and i both had it high on our list and we'll do a lot that's outside of fantasy football we could get we could do a whole show on this next off season so let's not go too ballistic in it because we don't um, that Udine and I both are very passionate about music, um, and we know Stag Party loves his, his stuff as well. Uh, so let's, talk, let's talk about music.
2: I prefer podcasts.
1: <laughs> I you you're, you so sp- prefer
2: the spoken word. <laughs> I prefer podcasts and sports radio with terrible fucking takes.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's true, it's true. But I'll just say, I love The Verve as a band so fucking much it's ridiculous it's almost unhealthy and I love Jane's Addiction so friggin much Uh, I love Verb more than Jane's Addiction but Jane's Addiction was the first love of mine as a band I remember I just in high school I heard uh, an album by them Triple X it was a live show and I was like the voice of Perry Farrell just captivated me. Like, what is this sound? What? Is-? And then I go and I'm just looking at pictures of him in Spin magazine and Rolling Stone. I'm like, look at this guy. This is like this is like an alien. What? Is- who is this this creature? And then I just I just it won me. It, it literally the Jane's addiction changed me as a person. It took me from uh, a social, happy, great, um, you know, fun dude or whatever that's that said, but it turned me into not being a pussy. It, it really just gave me some balls, like, you know what, you can do anything you want, there ain't no right, there isn't a right way to approach life, There, it, it, just do what you love, be the way you are, and be confident in that, and it really did, that band in high school, there was a change of just me just being, like, scared of things, and, and scared of my teachers, and scared of my parents, and scared of, like, having to be uh, in this world of um, Stepford Wives, like just live that life where you get a job and you get your pension. And it just kind of really opened up so many avenues and thoughts for me, that band. So that's one thing with Jane's Addiction, I'll move over to the verb. When Jane's Addiction broke up, I was kind of devastated. I was a freshman in high school, uh, college, and I was really bummed out because i was seen them alive all the time. Um, every year, you know, Lollapalooza, Perry Farrell started, all this stuff, but they broke up Kind of like their prime, like almost like they were like, we're gonna be too big and too popular, we're breaking up now, let's end it while it's good. And I, a friend of mine that loved Jane's as well introduced me to this British band, and I've always been a British band guy, The Verb. And I'll talk about this quickly, just do yourself a favor, go listen to The Verb, listen to their albums, but go if, if you've got an iTunes account or you're on Amazon Prime or you're on. Just, Spotify. Go listen to their B sides. Listen to their singles and the songs that are on those singles. Back in the day, bands used to release single CDs and single records, and they would have a, a, the the radio song, and then there would be other songs that didn't make the album that are called B sides. Now it's just they don't even have that anymore really but go check that out and check out the B-side the catalog of music by The Verb that didn't make the album and I would say this is about 50 plus songs that you just would never ever see unless you were going and digging deep into their catalog are better than any music out there so that's a, that, I'm just going to talk, talk about those bands that love Radiohead, love The Who love so many bands but those two are, have been life changers for me
1: Let, let me. I, I, you, you actually had a perfect segue because music has always been a very big part of my life, too. And I, and it's, what's interesting, I don't know, do you play an instrument? No. So skin flute. <laughs> so I, I played piano for a short period of time, uh, you know, but I, I was never very good at it. And then my best friend was, uh, who I met was amazing at it. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. And, but all my, I had a lot of friends that were a lot of musicians. And then I got the most kick-ass job in high school. Uh, in Chicago, there are these stores called Rose Records, and they were just all over. So this is when you're talking about: B-sides and singles and whatever. So this, I, they used to sell LPs. Then they had, then they also had the cassettes, yeah. and then the CDs, whatever they uh, came uh, came of age. EPs. And then we had the, yeah, and we had the, uh, you know, the singles. When the cassettes, it was like the cassette wall of singles, and that was almost like it became the bastardization of music because when when uh, artists would put out an album it's the album was important. It was the, uh, the the artistry of the of the artwork of the album itself. Then you also had the little flip thing where you could read through all the lyrics, and it also maybe sometimes have a little bio or something about the band to get you, notes, you, know, yeah. so that you could get a lot more interested in, in the music. And for for what was great about working at a record store like that was where I also had my my buddy who worked with me who was so into music who basically was like, here here's where you need to go. I'm going to start your musical journey. Start- Start with the blues, yeah. and he, like just gave me like like made a made a tape of like all the best like blue stuff that was out there, from Muddy Waters to uh, to uh, Buddy Guy to BB uh, King to uh, you know Santa Elmore James, Dave. Elmore James, Sam Dave. Yeah, well, th- those guys were yeah, those were guys were more soul. Yeah. So and then going to soul, then hearing you know how all these other songs and, and everything complements each other, but like for me it's always been about, I'm more about the music than I am about the singer. So like today's music, which is all about the singer, I don't get into. I wanna be able to go and just close my eyes, listen to something, just hear and feel a band set up on stage and now I hear the guitar player, now I hear the the piano player, now I hear the the horn section. That is just awesome. Like one of the albums like that, which, which if you go back and listen to it again, Pink Floyd, uh, dark Side of the Moon, and just turn off all the lights, put on headphones, and just crank that fucker up and lay on the on the carpet, yeah,
0: and just listen uh, to they're, they're amazing. I agree with you. I am. A, I need the whole thing. I need the band. Um, I need a whole band like The Verve and James Addiction from and the Who. Essentially, my three favorite bands from start to finish. It's the best. And these are the best of the
1: best. And the Who, you but have I, to listen to that because that's what they were like. Tommy. Uh, uh, Quadrophenia. They're, yeah. they're telling you a story throughout the whole thing. It's called uh, the, yeah, the yeah. Rock yeah, Those are rock
0: uh, albums, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I but I do also need a, I like, I gravitate towards a lead singer that I think is a badass Richard Ashcroft, one of the baddest dudes around, and Perry Farrell. Uh, you want to talk about any of the music, or should we get into something? Uh, you'll talk about podcasts.
2: I'll talk about podcasts a little bit later.
0: Okay, nice. Um, Alright, well, yeah, just music. If you guys ever are on Twitter, at Pyromaniac, P Y R O M A N, the number one A C. Hit me up if you're ever looking for Britpop or awesome uh, B-sides or under the radar of music, and this goes for Houdini as well. He's not necessarily a Twitter guy, but I can reach out to him and text him, like, "Hey, somebody really wants to get into soul, somebody wants soul to get funk. into funk, right. all these kind of genres that Houdini is just a machine at." And you're also like, you love obscure music, like you. you when you're doing a show, it's like, "Yeah, this is Speedometer. They're from an island off the of, uh, <laughs> off of the San." Guadalu- Silence. No one's ever heard of them. They delivered this record on a, on speedo-meter. a pineapple speedo, speedometer. Speedometer. <laughs> yes, a speedometer There you go. But uh, I love it. your 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 obscure music is. is but that's refreshing.
1: what's amazing too. Is that so? I, I love when you can you know it's not just going out to your major venues and seeing the big shows that are coming in there you got to pay 100 100 dollars a ticket, 75 dollars a ticket, you know or or more. You know, go to some of these smaller mm-hmm. venues smaller, smaller. where you got the you know these great bands that are just they have a great following, like the new Master Mastersounds. You still see them in an in in venue that's less than a thousand people. How amazing is it to see a show with only four hundred people in the room?
0: I saw them at the Park West back in November. Awesome show. I'm actually seeing that. are the playing Park at the
1: Concord West. coming up on August eighth.
0: Wow, that's right by my office. I'm I'm seeing on Wednesday Liam Gallagher of Oasis. He's he's about to come out with his own album at the Park West. It's a it's a pre Lollapalooza. Uh, it's a week from today, so I'm gonna check that out. So, uh, on, in the guise of the music, and then we'll move on to another. We'll talk about another love of, of Stags uh, outside the Fantasy Dome. Um, but the music tonight, the opener was I think I'm in Think I'm in Love. Uh, you know, I think we're going on the love theme by Beck. Great song. Uh, just love that album. Love a lot of his music. And then the closer is going to be uh, from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Great friggin' band out of New York. I uh, hope they keep continuing to put out some music. It's been a while for them. But that song's called Maps, and it's just an awesome love song. Uh, so you'll hear that on the outro. Hey,
1: well, can, I, can I throw a quick interlude? Yeah. Because can, can I just play a little bit of an original that everyone's been hearing on the damn television? And let, yeah. let's give Bill Withers some respect. Okay. Every commercial. Yeah. It's like it is all you yeah, have every commercial.
3: Morning love and the sunlight hurts my eyes.
0: so fantasy locked in love right now, feel free to give us some fantasy love.
2: I love the sport of boxing. A little bit out of the realm of fantasy football, but close enough, pure athleticism, just mano a mano, there's nothing like it. MMA has also got a little spot in my heart. Right now, we're about to see a a mega fight in my my books. The merger of both The merger of both, we're going to see Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Both my two favorite in their sport. So this is very, very tough for me. So now let me ask, because this is...
1: I I, I, I was a big fan of boxing. And one of the things that I wish they would either go back to be, uh, so that there's not as much of these horrible
2: decisions that are oh, made... Oh, man. The Manny Pacquiao fight against the what Aussie dude recently, Jeff Horn. No, no. That was ridiculous. No, no, no. no, no. D- just hear me out. But
1: there are so many unridiculous fights and all the Mayweather fights. 15 rounds. Go back to 15 rounds and, and duke it out. Some of the best rounds of boxing were 13, 14, 15, and then it becomes not an even number on the scorecard. You actually have an odd number on the scorecard. You got a better chance to take the, the fights out of the referee's and the judge's hands, and you have a chance to let the fighters actually finish it. Now you go back to the Mickey Wards and the eternal Gotti fights. Believe me, I'm, I was a big fan. Go back even
0: further, the Hearns Hagler oh, fight. Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, you would, those guys would start the first two rounds like not a chance. I don't know which guy's winning right now. There's not a chance these guys are going to have enough energy to go past the fourth round. <laughs> so you're just like, they. these guys would just like, it, I hate Mayweather, just so you know, because I think he's ruined the sport. And I've been reading a lot lately with this fight. He Because he's just defensive and pat, it's pat, like, pat. yeah, it's like, pat, oh, pat, he makes pat. his technical hits and whatever. It's the exact opposite of the boxing I grew up with in the 80s with the Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Roberto Durant. Where it was just like that first bell rung and it was like i am going to give everything i got and i'm going to go down swinging it's not like i'm going to win this thing on some sort of like a mat- uh, equation anyway what quick thing it's
1: his i line. love
0: i'm no, to But let me give you one thing and then i'll go on sorry hang who's winning that fight
2: mayweather and a decision easy yeah. Be- now, easy
3: now, Verder, uh-huh. It's me frank Forget so this year. I love you. I love you too, Nordberg. Who were they? Ship. Boat. That's right, Nordberg. A boat. Uh, when you're better, we'll go sailing together.
1: On a boat. We'll take a cruise just like last no. year.
3: Drugs.
1: Hey, nurse. Quick, give this man some drugs. Quick, can't you see them?
3: No. Eh? Give it a shot, quickly. No. Heroin. No. Heroin, Frank. No, but that's a pretty tall order. You're going to have to give me a couple of days on that
2: one. <laughs> OJ, free, lots some heroin. So on some sports books, you're, if you bet Mayweather and Decisions, you're actually getting plus money, which seems like the easiest bet you made. Mayweather hasn't put anybody out in a, like in a TK or in a KO in the last What's five the years. What's the last time he knocked anyone to the ground? Five years. No, to the ground. To the ground has been... A, He's done that a couple times since. This isn't even where he's the biggest sort of favorite in a fight. There's been other fights in between that time where there's been other fighters that have been bigger, you know, underdogs than Conor McGregor, who's coming over from a completely different sport where he fights five five minute rounds. Is this this is twelve minute round, twelve rounds, right? Twelve rounds, three, three minutes, minutes each. So now the other
1: thing is, here's what I I figure is probably going to happen at some point. Conor McGregor is not used to boxing. No, and Floyd Mayweather is going to do what you say yeah. with the pat 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 pat, Defense and days. running around making the miss. And eventually McGregor's going to get pissed, and he's going to run him down, and <laughs> he's going to and he's going to do an MMA move on him. <laughs> well, that, they said, yeah, exactly. They
0: basically said he'll lose all his money if he does that. Here's what I'm. Oh, gonna call out of this. Okay, McGregor's going to knock the fucking piss out of this guy. If he doesn't, he he's it. got to do this in the first handful of rounds, he's got to make a connection and just wallop him, which is something I think he's capable of doing. He's got to wallop him. If this thing, if this doesn't happen in the first three, four, five rounds, first four rounds. Mayweather's going to win. He's going to keep dancing around. He's going to outbox him. and McGregor is going to get frustrated. He's not going to be able to do a wheelhouse and all this shit. But I think McGregor's going to knock him out. Oh, I I'm going to take
1: tell 500 bucks on that. Play. I think he's got a better chance than any boxer that's fought him. Because McGregor's normally... What are the difference in the gloves? that he's wearing now versus what he like fights three in MMA. Like so he's used to taking like literal usually the ounces is the difference six right. ounces and he's used and to taking elbows hand. to the head so, you know getting hit with that glove is not going to hurt that much compared to what he gets hit with normally in an MMA fight right. and the one the last Am I wrong Who's,
2: that that won't matter. The thing is, that's not going to matter because Floyd's tough to be yeah, touched. He can't hit. He can't well, hit. That's only, that's only But the one saying
1: Floyd's not going to inflict a lot of damage no, on him. No, he doesn't have to, though. He just has to show it. punch. Right. That's he why. He just has boxing, to show that's a punch. Why that's, that's why, why McGregor Remember, one hit.
2: Like football, like football, it is two parts of the game it is offense and defense. You might not like the defense counter punch, but it is just as big of a part of boxing as anything. Because when a referee sees a dip and a dodge and a counter punch, that looks better than one straight from a Conor McGregor. Gotcha. Because that's that's movement. That's all the techniques they're looking for, and that's one of the ways they get scored. Besides just total punches. Uh, so so, I think this is going to be a fight in counters. Conor's unfortunately not versed in boxing, and he hasn't seen it. But he hasn't put the okay. The last guy to really tag Mayweather was Oscar De La Hoya back when I oh, was oh god, I like remember two thousand eight. And luckily, he got embarrassed in that fight. He, still, luckily he's a what? He's a southpaw. Conor McGregor sort of plays southpaw a lot in his uh, fights, so you'll see a little bit of that. And it's going to be an awkward punch angle for you know Floyd to dance around. So hopefully that sort of aspect, you can catch him with one of the off-hands. McGregor!
0: He's a putz too, but I'm Irish. Whatever. Um, All right, let's go on. Deanie,
1: fantasy football love. Give one up. Oh, It's without a doubt the greatest day of the year for fantasy for me because I can't say that there's one day that's great for the draft because I'm in multiple leagues and it's so hard to schedule drafts. But you know what's not hard to schedule. It's opening Sunday, and you, you to me, I, I. If the Bears are at home, I'm at the Bear game. But you know, if, if they're not, which they're on the road uh, this year, I think, right? So I get to start the uh, the home season with the multiple TVs, uh, the setup where I can watch all the games. You have all your fantasy teams. Everybody is zero and zero. You have. The, all the trash talking. Zero, zero. Well, no, because That's then you true. have all the trash talking. You don't have the people who have already fallen out of grace and they kind of stop paying attention in the leagues. You got speaking to of
0: grace on my flight today, Mark Grace not flying first class, looking a little homie. Was Go he on. smoking
1: a cigarette? He looked
0: a little homie, dude. He, he, he hasn't aged well considering he was like the best looking guy. And everyone and every mother I know wanted to bang he, him. He, he
1: lettered up out in Arizona, I guess you know. So
0: yeah, he's on my flight home. He, kept, he got up the first time I'm like is that Mark Grace? He got saying like, "No way, that's Mark Grace." He's got like cross eyed
1: Got him third time like, "That's Mark Grace." Is he drinking some cocktails in this flight? <laughs> <laughs> but to me, opening day is the is the whole thing where fantasy football it really takes back over. And and again, for all the the time that we when you're in leagues, as the season goes on, the amount of chatter ends up probably only being between about four to five guys potentially who are still real viable and chatty, but on that opening day, everyone's talking, everyone's paying attention, everyone's trash talking each other, and it's the best, and that to me is is just awesome, and then if you can actually watch and get a group of people together that are in your league, that's, you know, back in my 20s, that was easy to do. Now it's like, okay, everyone's got families, this, that, and the other thing, so it becomes a lot different, but... When, when you can get all everyone together and you're watching those games, and one guy's going, yeah, I'm pointing at everybody else, screw you, doing the happy dance, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the best. I know this is a love show,
0: but if you're a beautiful wife, uh, happy anniversary, thank my you, friend, happy you. one year anniversary, but if your beautiful wife says, hey, uh, Eric, or she would say, she would say Eric, I was yeah. hey, Houdini. Yeah, we gotta go over to my grandma's place today, and it's opening Sunday of the
1: season. And we're going. We gotta go over to grandma's because it's a a really big. You, event. you going better come up with a big. What need would you say? You need, uh, well, you need a better excuse because I have to be in California. And uh, well, but what would you say if, this happened, if that happened? If, if in the
0: love show.
1: If 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 her parents were actually the one best part about this this job. I was working, yeah, <laughs> I was working. working man. I was working for Pyro before I met her, and one of the things that has become—oh, I, I thought you were talking about the
0: marriage was the job. No, 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 path. One, one thing I love about this job—I mean, this
1: marriage—and <laughs> <laughs> and so Sunday is for me to do the football things. I also got to do my article of uh, the, the pickups, yeah, and. So, like, my family even knows, oh, okay, we'll get together on Saturday because I'm not giving up a Sunday. So, so it's great. Yeah. It's, it's understood. And she okay. goes shopping, and, and we're all happy.
0: Fair enough. Okay. I wanted a great sound bite out
1: of you. Like, you tried, but... Bitch, and then shut going, the hell up. And then, then you're going the wrong way, too, because, unfortunately, her her family doesn't live in, uh, in town. So, it's perfect.
3: perfect. Yeah. Val Mel
0: Tastes so good when it hits the lips. My oh, face was coming, I've been waiting out here forever. You just passed me. I'm out of gas. Get caught. I'm still running. Here, there it he is. a it fine? I don't think so. But I love you, man. With well, a great taste, it will fill you up and never let you down. Can I get the Bud Light? Make it a Bud Light. Where's the Alright, we're gonna go in after that, a whole Budweiser commercial. Do us a favor and listen to this from our sponsor.
2: Hopefully, it's a little Light commercial. I nice. mean, that'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> Alright, I like that one. Uh, Stag Party, give us another football one that you like, and if you want me to go, I can.
2: I love Red Zone on opening football day. Mm. Like, we're, we're Bear fans to some degree. And they're going to be fucking awful this season. Like, so goddamn bad that I am not going to watch a single quarter of Bears football unless they're on, somehow, a Thursday, Monday, or a Sunday night on primetime. I'm not going to watch a single quarter of the Bears alone because I'd just much rather watch other good players. Are you a Johnson
0: or a Cicilliana guy?
2: uh, So, Comcast... Comcast is the dude rides around in his Porsche trying to pick up girls at USC. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. You got your Scott, Scott well, Johnson? What's the name? Scott Hanson. Scott Hanson Johnson. I grew up with a guy named Scott Johnson. I'm
1: losing Cecilia because I'm Hanson. off of T V now. I'm on, uh, you know, we switched uh, to uh, Xfinity, so I have to get the Red Zone that way. But I agree with you, the Red Zone. One of the greatest inventions of all time. When I was in college, <laughs> it is. It is. When I was in college and uh, we were doing fantasy football, and so you, it was, I was at University of Iowa in Iowa City, and was going to get regional games. So we would get the Bear games, and this was in the early '90s. The Bears sucked, so you didn't want to have any fantasy players that were on the Bears. So unless the Bears were playing a team that you had a starter on. That was the only game that you could watch in the morning on the one channel. Anyone know what the AFC team was that we got? Kansas City, Kansas Chiefs. City Chiefs. So you talk about two exact teams <laughs> of a similar style. Running, don't throw the ball a lot, uh, boring uh, offense. And those are the two games that I had to watch. You know, you couldn't watch your 49ers and watch Jerry Rice running around the field. You couldn't watch, uh, you know... Uh, I think they were on
0: a lot of the big, the, the big the big games, but I agree. I went to KU. And I was, I was stuck watching friggin' the Chiefs. Um, it was it was it was kind of brutal. At least you were there when they had the coyote. I was, and Monta- Montana got traded there while I was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, I agree. I, you know, I never thought of it. Red Red Zone is one of the greatest single inventions in the history of television.
1: And, and what I would recommend to everybody too, like if you're a person like you, I'm not going to give the Bears the attention. This is why, especially with all the the way the homes are set up now, where you have the TV and it's like the the just a it's a wireless remote to move your TV. So all you got to do is just move it to the other room, just plug in that remote. I then put the second TV on mute with the bear game, and I watch the Red Zone
2: on the big screen. Sounds like a waste of energy carrying that fucking TV with the Bears. No, because then I can
1: also switch to the other games that are yeah, going yeah. on too.
2: That I get. <laughs>
1: But, Dude, the, it is but the bands have, have
2: to still be there. I still got to keep an eye on them just a little bit. I just love listening to the commentary that these guys make that most of the time makes no sense. It's like, what the fuck did this guy just say right now? Well, it's a, it's a tough
1: job for them. They would be standing on their feet talking for Dude, like seven, seven hours. Seven hours. Well, can I
0: be yeah. honest? Last year, they stopped doing the final all-touchdown stuff on DirecTV. Am I wrong? Not, not
2: on Comcast.
0: On, on DirecTV, they stopped doing every touchdown. Touchdown montage. Really? Yeah, touchdown montage. I like quad box. I like uh, all that stuff. Good times.
3: Oh, my got Football season.
0: Oh, my God. Alright, I'm going to do something that's player-based. Fantasy football uh, this year. And, and I guess it's not this year, but just in general. I love Zay Jones. Um, I don't know why, but I'm a wide receiver guy, and always have been because I've been doing fans forever. And I love Rice, love Sterling Sharp, love uh, Randy Moss, love all these all these guys. My uh, just just a big fan. Love T.O. Love right now. Love Crabtree coming out. Um, you know my favorite wide receiver now is Julio since he's been in the league. It's so kind of a bummer they went to Buffalo, but actually, I think that he's such a transcend—he's uh, such a transcendental, transcendental, trans- trans- whatever. Yeah, transcendental. I think he is going to be one of the big sparks um, that is going to turn around this franchise. And Zay Jones is just a guy that I—I I just feel like he's not the—he's not the underwear Olympics champion. He's not—he's—he's a he's, he's great athlete. But he just feels like a football player to me in the same way that Larry Fitzgerald did. Obviously, Larry Fitzgerald went third overall in the draft he was and broke every record. and um, Essentially, now they've all been broken But uh, when he was at Pitt. But he just feels like a Larry Fitzgerald to me. He's going to keep his nose clean. Just care. He's, a, he's a, a gym rat. He's just a football guy. And uh, I'm really keeping my eye on Zay Jones. I and mean, he's a guy that I really feel like I'm going to put my, uh, a lot of my attention towards I, I think he's going to come through. I hope it, hope it starts right away, and I hope Watkins can really, um, uh, can really make things happen this year and stay healthy, because if that does, it's going to really open his learning curve a bit and let him be able to just be him. But there's just something in the back of my mind that tells me that Zay Jones is going to have one of those unbelievable careers. In the same way that a Sterling Sharp did, uh, in the same way that maybe a um, uh, you know the guy that was with uh, Manning, uh, uh, Harrison, um, I don't know. There's just a, I'm going on a hunch here, but he seems like a football player, and I hope it starts this year. I'm going to be having shares of him because I like him in the rounds that I see him. I like him so much more than everyone else around him, and it could blow up on me, but long term, career wise, I see this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. Wow. I just do. I wow. just I, I get those hunches. I, uh, I get it, was, those, it was
2: going. It was going. I and get then those touches. Yeah, no, it's a hot favor. take. Hey, I'm <laughs> a hot take it. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch is got scotch. Here <laughs> it goes down. Down into my belly. <laughs> I,
1: think you a bus- I, think, I think you're drinking the Zay Jones scotch on this. I one. wish I was. Hey, I know
0: there's no question about it. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and I I'm just a, I'm just a fan, so there's really nothing else to say about it. I mean, last year the guy had 158 catches, uh, obviously at East Carolina, uh, smaller smaller program, but 158 catches, 1,746 yards, uh, only eight TDs or whatnot, but he, this guy just catches everything that's around, his hands are like nothing around, he just, I'm just going to say, he reminds me of Sterling Sharp. Alright, well I'm going to give you a Who's not of- a Hall of Famer and should be.
1: I agree 100. percent Sterling Sharp, when you talk about, did he dominate when he was on the field? Just about every time. Uh, so did he do it? In, did, did, did he you? do it in a in a, in a in a in a city where you shouldn't be throwing the ball as much as they were throwing the ball? Yeah. yeah. Uh, did he do? He was doing it before did he, do got it, did, there? It, did he do it? Did he, say, did he do it with shitty quarterbacks like named uh, Lynn Dickey and Don Majikowski. Don Mikowski, yeah, the so, Magic Man. He was.
0: He was. That's what I felt, and that's a great point. It is a lot, you know, I, I said sharp, but it, the, at that point, the Green Bay Packers were futile for years. Mm-hmm. It was a bad team. And and the, the I think the Bills had the longest um, non-playoff appearance of any team in the NFL at this point. Where they used, went to those four Super Bowls back when we were growing up with Kelly and Thurman and Reed, but they are, as far as droughts in the in the playoff, so I feel like they're similar in what Sterling was able to bring to the table for the Packers, which is a different deal now, and I, I, I hope so. I hope I'm right, well, but he, I, he, he, I just like he, him. As, I, like the way I, I like everything I'm seeing.
1: Here's the thing. When you think of Green Bay now, you think of great wide receivers, and you can keep going back and you can trace this lineage of all these great wide receivers. Where Where does it start? It started with Sterling Sharp. Yeah. Who was who was next? Was it Robert Brooks and Antonio Freeman? Brooks and, and, and then Freeman. And Freeman. And those guys were there, and then it became Donald Driver. Donald Driver, right? But there was there was someone before Donald Driver. Um, it was definitely uh, Freeman, Brooks,
0: and Sharp, though. were the Were the main guys at the beginning? And then you've
1: just had, and then Jordy Nelson comes in. So you've just had this continuation of dominant wide receivers that have now. Upper. But it all goes back to: Would they ever be these guys now if there wasn't Sterling Sharp?
0: No, he made one of the greatest moves I've ever seen in, in football. Just a, a button curl, head faked one way, guy dove at him, flipped it back, and just like tiptoed down. It was like the sickest eyes in the back of your head move ever. Watch old Sterling Sharp stuff. You'll see him. He's He's got a, a clipped out player on our, our – I just love Sterling
1: Sharp. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Well, can I throw one other thing? Yeah. You know, come on, we're only, we're only 50 minutes in. This is a pyro podcast. No, I would say move on from Zay. Okay, well, that's fine, but I, I'm still want to talk about like you yeah, know amen. you're talking about like go watch this old footage and stuff. You know what I would love? I would love when they can start remastering all the old footage. You know, because uh, as a kid, like I was a Michael Jordan fanatic, an absolute Michael Jordan we fanatic. Too. We had season tickets in the old Chicago Stadium when you actually could get season tickets, and they were not that expensive. Yeah, uh, although the trade-off was in my family uh, when, when, I, when we had the tickets, said well. Can we get cable, Dad? So we had 2579 and then the UHF chat. The UHF. Do you want Jordan or said, do you want right. cable? And so the answer was always I want Jordan. And so <laughs> I did. we didn't have cable until after, they didn't get it until after I was a sophomore in college. I,
3: I like
0: it. <laughs> they, empty nesters. Um, quick question on that. When I had that, do you want cable or do you want Jordan? I felt like uh, I was thinking of, of uh, Ben Stiller's dad uh, from Seinfeld. Mr. Uh, Costanza.
1: Oh, oh uh, as, you're, as you're playing your dad. Who <laughs> you want? Who you want? Jordan? Or do you want? Do you want cable? Well, you get nothing and like it. Yes. But I, the, the thing also uh, that that was uh, you know was amazing. I have still VHS tapes of. 65 Michael Jordan Bulls playoff games on VHS tape. So awesome. Do you
0: know there's a company out there, do a search, or we'll talk offline, but there's a new company out there you know all these boxing companies boxing is in a box uh, that are popular online right now where they send you a box every month and you put in your old photos and your old videotapes, your old beta, your old and the, they'll digitize it for you. Get out. I swear to God. Oh, it's okay, like one okay, of those okay, monthly okay. programs <laughs> where you get all that stuff Onto digital, and then they send you back probably a DVD. That's great. Or they put it on a Dropbox, whatever you want. But you should look into that company because all those things. Oh my God, I I want to put them
1: all on there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do it. I mean you're still gonna get all those weird lines and right right, and right. commercials. alcomani commercials. yeah <laughs> but I,
1: I, right now Bob I, I, I just went through like my uh, storage locker and I threw away like old stereo components that I've had like for forever that weighed so much yeah and I'm like oh if, I'm, if I move I don't want to pay an extra hundred dollars just to have these things lugged to where I'm going to store them and never use them again and I, but I saved a VHS tape. Like, I, I gotta save one VHS player because I got, I got these tapes. I love it. I love it. Uh, Stags, give us something.
2: Let's go with a fantasy football-focused love. I love drafting and in-person drafting and drafting online all the fucking time. It's great. Drafting's the best part of the year. I don't give a shit about weavers and trying to beat other people there. Like, I like... Sometimes the basketball league's better because I know that I could say I drafted a better team than this guy because there's not these you know moves that came along during the season to prove that hey he had the waiver claim in the right week he picked up JJ after week four you know he wins the league you know what else do you get to say you're the best at drafting that that's the best part. I, to me, it's the live draft though, because
1: the live draft brings the extra elements in. Because the thing that I hate about the online draft, you know, it was like only like one of my leagues does online draft. The other three are all in-person drafts, and invariably with the online draft, it's a, it's an auction league. I end up picking a player, and then someone's like, "Wait, wait, wait! I got kicked off the system!" Like, <laughs> and so then they take the player back off the team, and they they re-auction them, and then I, and then you lose the guy.
0: So oh, I would I, love to be a fly on the wall. Oh my with God, I get so angry. Houdini responses so things.
1: So I don't love that, but <laughs> I love the, the live ones because the other thing that's great about it is the, is the shaming that happens at live drafts when somebody is sitting there and they're flustered and then they do a uh, two minutes steal the pick. I'll take uh, 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 give me Emmanuel Sanders. God, he was already taken three rounds. ago, where are you? <laughs>
0: I mean that's fine,
1: fine, fine. Give me the kicker from the Colts. Gone. That's the best.
0: That's the best part about any any drafting. No question about it. And uh, I've it. I actually did it twice. I didn't text you guys in the in the charity. But one of them I wanted. Actually, I did text the Mixon one. Mixon was taken. Like three the, rounds. On yeah, it. that was me. That, that was on me.
1: me. Yeah. Was on I me. did three.
0: I did three picks. That, well, that was a different one. The, this draft, oh. I was like, I was like, yeah, I like Mixon too. And then I looked I'm like. Mixon's gone for ages ago But yeah, drafting is so much fun I think the, my, One of my favorite parts about drafting In my oldest league Is all my buddies and I bring different Weed So, you know Sometimes <laughs> I get the same type of weed too much And I'm used to it So I don't get as big So when I got all these different salads going around Woo! Thank God for tears Because all I got to <laughs> do is be like Hey, this is a wide receiver, quarterback Or a tight end round you. <laughs> What is that based off? So, of? Snoop Dogg used that track, for sure. That's Rick James.
1: Uh, okay. That's uh, Mary Jane. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. Uh, one of of the greatest a funk song love songs of, of all time. Whether he's talking a- about a girl named Mary Jane yeah. or he's talking about marijuana, you can make your own inference.
0: One of the great things that I love is when you're at a draft, is trying to get people that aren't really big weed smokers, get them really baked. <laughs> um, or drunk. And, or, yeah, or
1: drunk. Whatever. <laughs> doing shots. Like I'm. A, I'm. A, Ninja. You got a one-tier sheet. A I got, I, yeah. My work's already done. I got exactly. the eleven. I got the, the
2: 7-Eleven sheet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: We <laughs> should start <laughs> stamping
0: 7-Eleven in the corner. However, <laughs> however, I can wound in draft the people that are in I'm going against, I am going to do that. And it's going to help me, it's going to help you as well. So whether you're getting shots and you can even like the dude, you set up like some JMO state like, yeah, we haven't seen each other in so long. And you're doing like shots. Screw it, don't be a puss, do the shots with them But if everyone's going a little animal style You know, maybe
1: throw a little bit of uh, You know, like a root
0: beer in one of yours
1: <laughs> Over the shoulder <laughs>
2: shots My favorite
1: <laughs> Alright, or, or do or do like, a, like a, a frozen shots Right, but yours is just root beer Exactly they're, oh, they're,
2: I, And theirs are uh, like
1: Jack Daniels and, uh, I'm going to do a quick non-fantasy take And, then I, and we're not even going to talk about it And
0: then I'm going to do a quick fantasy take That I love Um I love California king-size beds. Uh, I got Daisy, who's 100 fucking pounds. Love it when she sleeps on the bed with me. When I'm at the lake house and when I'm it's, uh, it's Daisy's I, your dog. Daisy's my <laughs> dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
1: she I, she might get a little air
0: conditioning. She's on the bed. She's, yeah. She's a little hot right now with the AC off. But she I guarantee you right now she's on her side sleeping on a cross parallel uh, using to, the whole bed. Using the whole bed. But I love a California King. I love when Daisy comes up there and sleep. I pick different sides, I go diagonal. Sometimes I'm like uh, against one side at the foot of the bed, but I just need that big ass bed Um, and it is is a good time. There's pillows over this side where I'm reading when I'm done and then when I'm done I just keep them there and I go over to my pillow sleeping side. It's like a big sleep slumber party.
1: It's a solo slumber party on that thing. I'll speak as the married man of the bunch here. I have a king size bed. The cow King is, is the way to go. I think. I think. Yeah. I want to have to get a Cal because my wife likes to sleep all over the bed. She likes to go and, and do a- acrobatics at night. So. <laughs> um, I just appreciate uh, but, uh, my one foot sliver personally. Right. <laughs> and this is what it was. It's like she used to yeah, have. Like, I, she used to live like downtown, like in a high rise in, a, 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 a uh, in uh, River North. So she had a full size bed. So it's like, oh, man, when God. you go over, I, I, a full, get out of here. That is, that is, that's like a twin. That's you <laughs> know. And, and so it's like even it's a even a, a, even it's a baby like, crib, even a queen size bed. There is no space in a queen size bed. A queen size bed is fine for a solo person. I agree, but. If you are going to be in a relationship, and if you want your relationship to work, and you want to one of the easiest ways to make it not be a hassle is at minimum get a king size bed, yeah. because to be able to have is basically two twin size beds basically next to each other. So you each have your own bed, and there's times where you can separate. And you want know if TV. And more, that's so. what you need. Hey, it, it makes it it makes the heart grow fonder when you come back together. Well, <laughs> quickly also, and especially you know, if you can sleep two full beds next to each other.
0: Is kind of good it's Cal King Because it, that's basically Cal King style But there's a little Mode in between So it's like Stay on your set, bitch uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> It has like It's got it's like a it's rich. Got, No, 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 no The best part would be like Yeah, you know I'm going to bed And it's like it, It's kind of like When the um uh, you're in the limousine the guy keeps talking to you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Window up. What's up? Later up. No, but hold on. I got great stories. Okay. Yeah. We're, well, we have, well, Are we you have
3: tired? Like, I'm not tired.
0: This
1: isn't about <laughs> you, <Mike." laughs> buddy. We have pillows in
0: between. Okay, <laughs> here's my fantasy football uh, take that I'm going to go on. And it's uh, giving some love to my boys here right now. I love mock drafting and doing our drafts. Um, we're doing that charity league. That I, I love doing that with because it gives you so many... We had a great little, I've landed today, and we were on our pick, and we were on the clock, and Dini and I wanted a Derek Carr, and Stag Party's like, There's, I've got 12 quarterbacks I'd take about Derek Carr. So I love those interactions that we have and talking about them. We, you always come to the right decision. I'm happy we took Kirk Cousins. I think it was a great pick. We we, we, we got a run. A guy that Stag Party loves, and, and you do too. didn't uh, Stag Party. Uh, Super Mario. went... The, two picks after us. Carr went three picks after that. Um, but there ain't no right, there ain't no wrong. So I love drafting with you guys hearing I love, you know, we all put our put the hammer down and stagnant like veto, veto, veto. It's like one thing I don't want is, is Derek Carr. And then he also said hey, Or Jameis Winston. So basically Houdini was just like,
1: Screw you! I guess I'm
3: gonna
0: have to focus on another position of quarterback for this one. Well, then, but it's just then, fun to do that. And
1: so then my way of, of of countering that, like I, I'm also kind of the peacemaker, because you two are the ones that are actually going at each other more than yeah, anything yeah, else. Sure. So I I was just like We're headstrong, we're head, we're all
0: headstrong people.
1: I just I was just trying to be like, fine, if we have not picked a quarterback, what round system we picked Tenth. <laughs> Tenth round that we first I said "I go. It's fine. Can pick whatever quarterback we pick here. Fine, as long as we take another one within the next uh, oh, yeah. so many rounds. <laughs> it, it'll be. It'll be. Yes. Edit. Edit. Veto. <laughs> beat Veto. Up, beat
0: up. Edit. Edit. Uh, but yeah, honestly, just it's, it's just we do. We get it. Uh, it's fun because we get asked to do Scott. Uh, fish bowls and this year I was on vacation so I wasn't as collaborative with um, Stag Party as it, and we, we, it was kind of your show which is great And uh, but it's just fun when we do the pyrocentric leagues and just kind of that camaraderie and talking it through. And we all kind of know the guys who we love and who we hate. So we know the battles that are, we're going to come across already because we do this show. And then there's that moment of truth that we get the convergence of those players that we love and hate. And, uh, right at the same time. At the right time. <laughs> so it just, it's just so fun. Like, when I turned my phone on and I saw it and we were on the clock, I, I was kind of waiting around and I was on a, next to a flight with a cr- crying baby. I was kind of just trying to fuck around, fuck with you a little bit. I love Cousins. He's, I got him one lower than Carr. Um, but just, I, I love drafting with you guys and I love doing fantasy football stuff with you. And, um, yeah, at the same time, it's it's awesome that people respect our um, our outlook on it and our product is pyromaniac.com and ask us to be a part of this stuff. So Yeah, we'll
2: continue to another one in a couple weeks for we Talk Radio. Yeah. But I think that's a little harder to be collaborative on because it's a live, one. live yeah. draft. You can't get too much out. Drafting with the co owner must be impossible. How do you. Do you know, that? I, I have, okay, it's tough.
1: You've had a co owner.
2: Well, in all the years, it's year
0: great. He's on vacation.
1: In, the, in all the years today. that I've that I've done, uh, if you count like all the leagues each year, we're talking hundreds of hundred. I, I can say only like three different seasons in uh, a total. Three league, three three years of one league had did I have a co-owner. and it was a pain in the ass for the most part. No, it's it,
0: it's tough. It's tough, and then. You know when it's really good and it works out Beneficially is, is more In season the pickups And the managing of the team It's kind of like Well, it's kind of like having a girlfriend that can watch your dog (laughs) while you're away.
3: Well, it's like you can
0: actually like
1: say, "I'm out of town. You need to set the lineups and do this." I'm busy.
0: I'm busy as fuck the next three days. I'm not gonna be able to deal with the pickups right now. You talk through it, and someone can kind of manage it. So it's good, somewhat in season. You can voice opinions. Obviously, it sucks when you're arguing about starting your flex guy A versus flex guy B, and the guy you want blows up or vice versa. But uh, managing a team together is it's a individual sports more it's better as boxing than
1: is uh, you know I, I think in order to do it, you better have a few
3: I love you I tell you buddy I'd be the luckiest guy alive if that did it for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right stag party uh, give us your whatever give us a love
2: I like just messing around and playing video games. Anything really. Love all the sports games Madden, NBA, 2K17, NHL, uh, all those sort of games, and then other ones. Fucking rock band. Fucking love getting a group of four people together and just jamming out to some maps.
3: MAPS,
2: wait! <laughs> you know what you're talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can I ask you, they still release new versions
2: of... Uh, you can do, like, downloads of so, uh, certain songs and stuff. You can add, add songs to your sort of portfolio or whatever you want to call it. You can play those, but it's just cool to play with your friends. You know, you're all drinking a couple of beers, you know, rocking out to some rock band. You, this, you is, really, this is
1: his music. Really, Why didn't you talk about this when you were talking about music? I love this it. Is, this is your foray into
2: music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through so, video games. Yeah, a little bit, and... I'm an awful a DJ hero though
1: No but I'll tell you what Because the video games was the only thing for me Like my wife Would always be like Playing the pop radio as, as we're driving And I'm like I don't know any of these songs And I was like I knew some of these songs Why did I know them Because they were on NBA yeah. 2K yeah. Whatever And yeah. it's like I'm like Well I've heard this before I've heard Every time I turn on The damn game I hear this song For me video
0: games uh, That's awesome I know video games Are a huge thing in life I, 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 I haven't the last time I really got into video games was the Nintendo Cube. I, I, I got some of those the later Cube? Metroids. I, con- I, I didn't. I actually came very close to conquering a later Metroid. I conquered the first one on the NES. But love the NES. Love Sega Genesis. Just kind of lost my love for video games after that. But obviously my kids... Actually, my kids. Your kids? Yeah. not my kids. My, my kids? Na- uh, my nephews. My nephews <laughs> watch fucking. I, mean, I think we talked about this on uh, last week's podcast. They watch YouTube of people playing video games. Yeah, but well, that's that, I, that I, that I, I want to smack them around. I want to grab the iPad and it's uh, I just like, hey, uh, yeah, how's that point of view game? How's it going?
1: Boom! <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I go back because like video games for me, like, my dad, we had poems. In the house, remember they had home the old course. home pong. Yeah, that was and first then I remember the he came home with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. That was pretty good. And so playing that, and so like my dad was also like uh, amazing, like electronic guy. He went to Devry, so he could like just like he knows how to like tinker with things. So what yeah. he did was there was a game called Decathlon on the old Atari. So the Atari controller back in the day, before oh, uh, well, I got a hilarious story from uh, which I'll tell in the next, in a different segment. But this is the the first joystick. It was joystick and a button. So when you had to run, it was like remember the old uh, arcade game, track and field, where you had to hit the buttons as fast as you can,
3: or or
0: batteries.
1: The joystick had to go back and forth, but it's so hard to go fast. So he actually removed the joystick and he rewired the board so that he put two buttons in to to do the left and right, because you didn't need to have the up or down use. And so I had buttons so I could just go. So That's I had like awesome. the no joystick on there. it was like open you could see the motherboard and I would just hit the buttons and I'm decathlon, I'm getting like thousand points I'm like I'm doing better than anyone should ever do <laughs> so it was so kind of like, like it was kind of like when Nintendo when, when you were I don't know if you remember uh, when Track you, and Field the yeah but it was like when you could buy that a different adapter that would let you turbo everything and you just had to hit the button yeah. and it would go as fast as it as it that sucked
0: out. but I like Track and Field where you grab a Duracell battery and you just run yes. it over the two buttons and all of a sudden you're we were Bo Jackson style tech <laughs> bow. It was like you either you had to do two fingers one at a time, or you grab a battery. It's like a slide guitar. You're like it's called. Uh, all of a sudden, e. you made the video game
1: hack that beat everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: was it was sick. I loved NES. I love all that the
1: video games. Uh, the good. best, but the best for me, because uh, it was college. Well, there were two. There was Street Fighter Two where we'd just get rooms of guys and it's Hot, like, it would just go... And, 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 no, no. Uh, NHL 94. NHL 94. And I kicked everybody's ass. and Ronald so that I can, I, uh, I could just deke anybody. I don't care. It was just, I usually had to take a guy, the guys who were younger than me, they would always put their guys up. I had to take a team that was... They'd take an All-Star team and I had to take a team that was rated three below the All-Star team. Or three I was, below whatever team they took.
0: I was three. a Canucks guy in that, in that game. I loved... Uh, the Canucks, uh, T- Temu Solani, I think, Puzama. No, Pabell Burry It was Pabell Burray. Tameu Solani
1: was out of Winnipeg. Oh, no, he was? not <laughs> like, I was a Burray guy. Burray so fast. And he was sick. So that was my trick. I could find any team, because they would, like, take a low team, and I had, like, Hartford. Zarly Zalapsky. He would be my guy that would score seven goals. Before you go on, KU,
0: I had a Sega Genesis. I got it the summer, before, like, right before I went out and got some games. And, uh, God, that made me popular in the talk. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like N64. I still play a lot of NFL Blitz and like drinking Mario Kart with, with the friends when they come Sick. over. Those games are all you know, a good time to play too. You should be
1: at this bar that I was just at in Toronto, where they actually had Mario Kart on a big screen. Wow! So you
0: could, you could, you my could boy, play. my boy that I mistake you for sometimes, Stav, she's got an eighty-five foot, uh, eighty-five inch not foot, uh TV, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he loves Mario Kart, and he's also in a tournament every year for uh, Tech Mobile.
1: Let's move on. How would you like to go to like a, a baseball or football stadium and on the big screen play Mario Kart? That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's like,
2: that's like one of the dreams.
1: That'd be awesome. <laughs>
0: That'd be awesome. Uh, all right, to give, us now, to give, you us, give us a uh, fantasy football love of yours.
2: Let's see. How about Twitter debates? You might be on a different side of a guy, but you can still bring up your points. And when they're good, they're good. When they're bad, they're bad, you can just fucking just leave. You know, just go somebody on a Twitter debate. It's like, alright, well, if you want to start taking personal shots, I don't really have time for this today. My ego, you know, it's big enough on its own, I don't need to sort of smash you down, I'll just let it go. But just having, you know, Twitter debates, getting different points of views on different players, like why you might think a guy might struggle, I think, uh, I was in a long one today about West. Why Terrence West? Why Terrence West? I I lit a fire, and I'm like, what if I told you that Terrence West has a pretty similar projection to Isaiah Crowell? You know, now that Kenneth Dixon and his, you know, 150-ish carries are gone from the team, that's a lot of rushing work for him to pick up. Danny Woodhead's never had more than 106 carries in a season. You doubt he's going to be much more than 90 or 100 carries. He's something.
0: missed, what, 27 of the last, like,
2: 38 games? Yes, he's missed a lot of games 48, maybe? Yeah. 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 A lot of missed games with Woodhead. And you just look at it, it's like, how, how doesn't this guy it. see 200 touches? How, how doesn't he see 200 carries at that? So he's looking at a neighborhood of 250 touches, and even if he's not that good, he averages four yards a carry, he's not going to be the greatest start for you on a weekly basis, but a depth piece... And you're getting him in the eighth, ninth round, Terrence West is gonna be one of those guys. So as long as you can, you know, eloquently voice your opinion, you know, spit out whatever you wanna spit out, and then you know, get your retort and be like, Yeah, I agree. It's like oh, I disagree, and then no, Twitter
0: based. Who's the one guy The Irish guy That, that, that everyone loves Shitting on Cian Cee- Cee- Fahey Cian Fahey Check out that the the, the the replies And the comments On that guy stuff People hate that guy It's so funny I brought it up one time In a show you weren't here And I was like Yeah I love that follow Talking about Twitter pals. Oh my gosh Both Waz And Stag Party at the same time, look to each other like I fucking hate that guy um, because he just he just says things. I think he's like more of like a uh, he likes to... he likes just to
1: he like, likes to ruffle feathers. To the but pebbles. then once you say anything back, blocks you. Yeah, like oh, so see he, that's a a, that, a that, that, that's a pussy because <laughs> I like to ruffle feathers. That's one of my loves is, is poking the bear. Yeah, I like to I like this kind of. Really test someone, see if they're really serious about something. And just take the other side of an issue, and I, I, I kind of enjoy that. So, but if you're not, but if you're gonna unfollow and you're gonna block and you're gonna, that's that's a cheater's way out. If you're gonna, I'll face it all the way down. And if I end up being wrong, I say, you know what? I just wanted to see. You're absolutely right. I just want, I just wanted to validate a, a, a theory. There's
0: nothing, and I'm not gonna say it in points of my life. When people have hit a nerve that I haven't been this guy, but when I have been this guy, I've realized and tried to be a better person and realize I can't be. Nothing worse than someone that can dish it but can't take it. And if you're gonna be a disher, you better be a taker, um, pitcher, catcher, whatever. Um, <laughs> play a couple different positions there if you need to. <laughs> While we're sitting and talking about Twitter, I'll go into a fantasy love of mine. And I think this is, that's in the in the Twitter zone, and for me. What I have found, that if I want to find out a bit of information, some great stat, some data, some arguments and some of these kind of Twitter arguments you're talking about, reading comments, I want to dive deep while I'm figuring out my tears on this guy or that guy, who's going to be better. There's nothing better than going to Twitter.com, in the Twitter search, doing a player's name, and then just scrolling and rifling through a number of different posts about that player, tweets about that player, comments about that player. But I'm telling you, the you can you, if you scroll down don't do it, it's it's like going to page eight on Google. Scroll down. You're gonna find some baseball cards or football cards. There, you're gonna find some stupid, um, you know, memorabilia shit. You're gonna find out stupid guys that are just like trying to, you know, inspire directly tweet a player. There's a lot of shit there, but hidden amongst there, uh, from some of the great minds and people that really know a lot about these players or these teams or the beat writers, when you do that whole search for a specific player on Twitter and you really dive deep and are willing to keep going and keep going and checking stuff out, you will learn and get just some of the greatest feedback and information you can. I, I think I love a lot of the resources that we use on a regular basis, but one of my favorites is just like it's it's almost like it's like a directory for that player. And if you're willing to move past the shit and find those nuggets uh, and go deep and go, you know, friggin' a 200 tweets deep, fast, and a kind of a quick overview. And realizing someone's got a chart there and doing something interesting, or when there's a lot of comments on something, means there's probably something there. It is one of the greatest, if not, in my opinion, right now. And this is a one of the last eight months to a year type of uh, approach that I found. Doing a search for an NFL player's name on Twitter. Um, is awesome. Not on Google. You do the search when you're
2: on Twitter.com. Just don't search your own name, or else that'll end up badly.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that's true. What a little bitch. <laughs>
0: exactly. So that's my that's mine. I love I love Twitter. Twitter is so amazing about that. And the other thing that we know we talked about with Twitter, one of the reasons why why we love the shit out of it. It is the most up to date, quickest hit news shit out there. There's no. There's no, you know, friggin' editor that needs to pass the story so that it hits um, New York Times or some sporting sites, uh, ESPN or SI, whatever. You don't have to, like, get a thumbs up from the editor before it goes up. It's like, it's instantaneous. And last thing, best story I've told um, about it, and I've told it before, so you guys that listen to us all the time know it, but Bin Laden, Twitter, Knew he knew that knew he got him about ten hours before the mainstream news. That's what Twitter's all about. Who wants to go next, Deeni? What do you got? Oh yeah. Before Deeni gets up, comes back with a uh, a fantasy football love of his. Let's listen to this. All right, all right.
1: Thank you very much. Double down, Deeni town. What do you got? So. The love that I have is the guy that everybody loves to hate, but he does seem to be moving up draft boards immensely. A guy you mentioned earlier who you got shamed because you were asking if he was available, that's Joe Mixon. And, you know, it's one of those things where one of the reasons why I like him so much is that he is in Cincinnati. He is, as much as that, does he still deserve a job, Marvin Lewis? I don't know. But he still has a job. And one thing that Marvin Lewis does is that he, he takes these guys' as reclamation projects and, and he, he will, 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 will cater to them in a, in a way that's like coddling them and saying, okay, look, we're going to give you that chance. And the other thing that's going on right now is he's getting all the backing from the, head, the, the, the ownership group. So when you're getting backed by an ownership like this, and he's quietly moving his way into becoming the starter before we even get to training camp, so it's one of those things uh, as far as where Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard are the incumbents. How can you not in this season, when you're looking at these rookie running backs, and it, it, Joe Mixon is a, is a guy that he would have been right up there if he didn't have his off-the-field troubles right, with Leonard Fournette and with Christian McCaffrey. So on a skill level, you have that. And if you're still able to get him potentially in drafts where it it initially seemed like you were going to be able to get him, what, maybe three rounds, two rounds after uh, McCaffrey and those guys. Now it's basically like just later in the round.
2: Yeah, he's pretty much going in the third round right now. Leonard Fournette's that's creeping up a little bit into the second. A lot of richness for my blood there, especially when Jeremy Hill's an efficient red zone runner. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stop you. This is a love show. Nah. So
1: <laughs> I understand all those factors, but the, the point of it is is that I'm not afraid of drafting him in that position when I see the other guys that are around him and I, that, that, are, that I could draft instead. And I like the upside and potential with Joe Mixon because the one thing that we do know with Jeremy Hill, the one thing that we do know with Giovanni Bernard under Marvin Lewis, he played those guys a lot as rookies. And they got a lot of play. And if he has all the tools, which he does, to be a combination of those two guys and better combination of those two guys, there is no reason for me not to love on this guy this year. So fantasy wise, and I'll, I'll bet you he won't be on any of my teams because I won't get a chance to draft him because people are just going to know and it's just what will happen. Go on with what you're going to say. You can hate. You can. You got now you can go. Hey. <laughs> I don't have a I'll have to go to I'll get it in
2: a second but here, look, go l- ahead let me hate. process ahead, this I love to also play devil's advocate so now I can do it no <laughs> <laughs> that's good no, it's no. No, yeah, that's we no. all uh, let's move on to another one I've got another fantasy football love I love I love just football and drawing up football plays not even anything to do with fantasy but just football in general and you know, one team versus another. How you scheme uh, against another team? How defenses play against certain offenses? Whether you're going man or zone, you know, just drawing up different formations and running plays, drawing up all the different sort of trick plays you got going. Ah, oh, I can run a crazy triple viewer option with a backside pass. These things are just so exciting to think about. And, you know, play around within your head, and it's like, oh, what could be if you have this player? It's like, H- how good would he be in this style of offense? You know, doing the sort of Madden fantasy drafts where you get the guys, you make your own roster, you get, you know, your one speed receiver, your one possession receiver, your one short receiver, your one deep receiver, your matchup tight end, you get a fast running back, you get the power guy, you design your perfect offense. And just playing around like that, and I just love talking football, e- even when it doesn't come to fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, just just the matchups and how defenses will match up and play against a certain type of player. Uh, to follow
0: that up, I, I agree. You know, I love you mentioned NFL films or
1: remastering, remastering
0: stuff. I love I love NFL films and from. Just a young, young age. I, the NFL is just—it's been a uh, a life-changing. Um, I don't even call it a league. It's a, it's an experience. It's a it's a culture uh, for 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 me that's driven us and me and us collectively to be doing this on such a level. It's been had su- such a huge impact on my life. Um, via my dad and how much he loved football he played football and he was in a powerful is, and just no. like I just love friggin I, I love friggin the NFL and the way that the NFL films and then f- the way fantasy football was able to come into the mix and the score reading the reading the box score, even in a paper still I still like it on the computer but it's still nice to just grab a paper on friggin uh to Wednesday and be like, hey, who are the league leaders in receiving yards right now? Who's the lead leader in touchdowns and all this stuff? And these stats, and I'm not even a numbers guy, but I am when it comes to football. I am when it comes to sports.
1: Well, what I was gonna say is what would be an interesting and for you to elaborate on that is how you got into football. Like what was the what was the impetus that made football such a thing? Because like I know for myself. I was, it was a progression. I, well, football I was introduced to at a young age because my aunt has had season tickets for the Chicago Bears since 1972. She got divorced. She kept the Bears tickets in the divorce. Nice. <laughs> okay. So, well, uh, good, good divorce attorney. Yeah. So, uh, I went to my first Bears game in 1982. Vince Evans at quarterback Nice. Um, and then I was going to at least one game a year every year from, and then became basically going to sometimes four to eight games a year uh, for the rest
0: of my life and for me it was everything it was those things I went to a lot of Bears games watching Walter Payton Brian Bashenagle, you know the, the the culture of the Bears has been strong forever. Of obvious reason Sears, Buckets, all that. Yeah, even in television, going back to video games yeah. and like the football game on the television and how terrible they were. The one on it, those were
1: different though because. But it was but all those. I want to go back to what you were saying football. about like about like the whole picking up a newspaper and looking at the thing, because that was the one thing that was so great about baseball and, and what. Then became the transition from the baseball to football for me was because I was also really into baseball as a kid and so I was also, I was really into the history. So like I had like the old Bill James Encyclopedia book, I had All-Star Baseball. So, yeah, all-star right, baseball All-Star was like baseball. one of the things that like, was so cool to me it was like, if you don't know this game, you had little discs, okay, and it had like a player, and based on what they did, what their statistical probability was, like Dave Kingman had a big home run thing, but he had a huge strikeout thing. So, basically Dungeons and, and Dragons. You would, you, Dungeons. Would then, you would stick the card into a, a spinner, you'd spin the spinner, and whatever he did, that's what your player did, and so you would assemble your fantasy team and play against your friend's fantasy team by sticking the card in and spinning and seeing what they did. But I was on Commodore 64. Okay. I
0: was early. My, my uncle sold in Anchorage, Alaska. He, he, my, in Alaska, my uncle was the only uh, licensed Apple reseller. So I had like uh, Apple 2Cs, and we were there were football games and this. I have the first, still have it. Uh, hopefully, it's worth something someday. Maybe the first uh, Madden ever. For the Apple IIC, well for Apple II computer. Was it a, a real floppy floppy? Floppies. And what you'd do is you would send in mail in along with like twelve dollars the update for the new players. It was like it was the it was the early stuff. So those kind of yeah, things. I remember micro league baseball though. Micro league baseball, absolutely, all that stuff. Yeah. For me, the shell station, remember those amazing prints yes. that you would get the while getting the lithographs, get yes. some grass with, Bashlingel or Walter Payton like all these things
1: or the Black and Blue Brothers the the offensive line yeah. they posted yeah, yeah, all, yeah, those yeah. Guys. all yeah. these
0: things those amazing not old school football uh, sports illustrated posters all these things and they were baseball and and football and and basketball and Bird Magic and then Jordan came around. But all those things for me, just like, and for me, it was all based on my dad. My dad was a huge football player play himself, individually. He semi pro, right? He was a semi pro guy for the Lions, and just he played for Bo Schembechler at Miami uh, uh, of Ohio. That was where he coached before he went over to Michigan. Uh, Bo Schembechler got my dad out of the uh, Vietnam War. Thank God. Wow. Um, that's awesome. And then my dad repaid him back by breaking both of his legs in a motorcycle accident. One of the reasons why my dad won't, why I'm not a motorcycle guy, but it's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, buddy. I don't want you on a motorcycle. Okay?
2: <laughs> but that's it. So I'll tell you about my journey quickly through football and then maybe we'll tell a story about how you got into fantasy in general. Uh, and your stories into maybe starting Pyro or jo- joining Pyro yeah. would be a good mm-hmm. little segue. So, you know, I, I played football, and the first memory I have of playing football is like going to the hospital for a near broken hip when you played fucking like. On the, on flag, the street, flag, Yeah. Flag at, at a park, at, right. at Neighborhood Boys and Girls Club on Irving Park. Um, so, uh, I went to the hospital for that, and then after that, it's like. Oh well, now I'm even more hooked. But I, I really didn't play. <laughs> I really didn't play as a kid up until high school again, because I was, you know, very good soccer player and good at a lot of different things. But you know, just football was always there, and I always wanted to play more and more. And then that first day of getting into a high school football camp and just being handed a fucking playbook. And you go, you go to the class next day, and, and you're thinking about plays rather than you know the bullshit English class that's going on that you don't fucking care about. That's thank time. God for pyromania; otherwise, Stags would be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, our editors are top notch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, so you know, just you know, eventually you get to know your own playbook. And then you start drawing up your own wrinkles and drawing up different things and thinking about how you can attack a defense and all the different factors that sort of just go into things that you don't really see you know as a mainstream football fan. You don't see you know playbooks and you know play calling and how coaches call plays based on you know down and distance uh, and, and other factors at all times and just thinking about all those things has just constantly sort of grown with me. To eventually, you know, it's like, uh, now I'm in college, I'm a five foot five fucking white guy who weighs 180 pounds and runs a four, six, five, forty. Like, I'm not going to make it. What am I going to do? Be the towel boy? And that really didn't have any interest to me. But, you know, I always wanted to be involved with sports. Uh, so originally I thought I was going to do, like, agency. thought about going to law school and, do, you know, being the next Jerry Maguire. It's like... Well, eventually after college, it's like ah, I could do that, or I can get my master's in sports management and maybe do the same thing, anyways. And it just sparked from there. But I've always sort of had the game. Just I, I think Ross Tucker puts it best. Who was, who was you the, have the football sickness. Like who was the person that no. gave you the sickness? I can't even tell you. Like like was my, it a friend
1: then who was like it was who you saw doing a something
2: like I want to do that too. It's probably a friend, because I can't say, like, my dad lived in California when I was growing up for most of the time, um, and my mom was in a big football fan. Would they
1: not let you play, like, uh... Not after I broke my hip. Right, so right. after <laughs> you <laughs> broke your hip, would they not let you play, <laughs> nearly broke like, my in hand. any of the uh, outer leagues but stuff until you got to high school, and then you were... You then I had
2: play. the option, yeah, it's like, okay, and you can't play until high school. Now. Should we change your name from Stag Party to Stag Pitta? <laughs> well, it's <laughs> not that bad. It's. BALL! BADAX!
3: Bad.
2: Where are you headed? i going to get a slice. <laughs> you going down the south. I gotta make the delivery, no, I'll check you back there, right? i to back. Alright.
3: Oh shit! Let me check it out. That's the hype! Newest Latest. Let me tell you the story of right hand, left hand. Tale of good and evil. Hey, it was with this hand, the cane, Iced his brother. Love. These five fingers, they go straight to the soul of man. The right hand, the hand of love. The story of life is this.
0: Static. Always fighting the other hand, and your left hand is kicking my ass. I mean, it looks
3: like the right hand love is finished. But hold on, stop the presses. The right hand's coming back. Yeah, he got the left hand on the ropes now. That's right. Yeah. Oh, it's a devastating right hand. Hey, this hurt. Down. Oh, oh, left hand. Hey, KO by love.
0: KO by love. I love it, man. I love it. Um, yeah, that's 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 awesome. That's awesome, here. I think all of us are, like you said, the Ross Tucker. You got that. The, the, the what is it? What is it? The sickness. The, the sickness, sickness. Yes. The fantasy football or the football sickness, and I think I think we all obvi- we obviously all have it because uh, <laughs> we sit here and talk about it. i probably I'd love to do a number crunch on how many hours we've done this show at this point, but. Uh, we're an hour and a half into this one, and it's going to go long, because we just love talking about this shite. So talking
1: about the sickness, then, uh, I'm in Toronto, and uh, <laughs> we're on a tour, and there's a building like that at one of the hospitals, and big, I got a picture of it, I, I'll send it to you, it says, sick kids. I'm like, what? Like, that was the That's what it says on the hospital. The building, it's like, that was the sick building. The that's sick kids. Sick wing. kids. I'm like, uh, well, I guess sick kids. If you're sick and you're a kid, you don't know. Go to the sick kids building.
0: They need Lori to go up there and buy it, <laughs> change, sponsor it, give it donations, and change it to the the Laurie's Sick Kids Department.
1: <laughs> um, or we fix six kids. Yeah. Like,
2: six, six, not just six, six kids. 588 <laughs> 2300.
1: Three, we fix it
0: kids <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm going to do a, um, a fantasy football love. And to be honest, I'm uh, trying to manage the uh, show here while I do this. And you know what it's going to be? Fluid draft approach. This is something we've been talking about with our strategies lately, and it's it's just for me in the mocking. It's trying to come up with some of the popular beliefs and, and, and approaches. Whether it's zero RB, whether it's zero wide receiver, whether it's any of these awesome um, approaches uh, in the, that are going around in fantasy football circles right now. For me, take the best guy. Play around when you're doing your mocking and doing some of these early um, leagues in the offseason. Get them going. Figure out. Try them all out. Throw them all up against the wall. See which teams you most embrace. But be like water. The whole Bruce Lee thing we talked about in the last podcast, me and pa, um, um, Stag Party, um, Stag Pitta. We, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going fluid, man. It's just I feel like you don't have a set approach in every round uh, off of your tiers, you're just grabbing the best guy. And even sometimes, I love the pick while I was on the plane today, um, when you guys took that Hunter Henry. Um, you know what? That was the last. That was, in my opinion, I like the Fleener. I like Fleener as well. I know you don't, but I do like Fleener. That was next pick. Uh, I love, but I love. But, but i Henry, like Henry, yeah. five guys before I like. No, no question, no question. But I, the fact that we got that one, it was just such a great pick. Where it's like we didn't need it because we had Jimmy Graham, but we went. And when you're looking at your tears and you're looking at the guys you like, he's rising to the top. He's floating to the top, and you're just saying, you know what? Let's just get the best guy here. And, and go for it. And I feel like when you do that in your draft approach, and you're fluid, and you you just grab your be- the best sound, it's
1: it's it, it, it's the it yields the best results. All right, I'm gonna say something after I play a little thing because you okay. said it and you sang it. Yeah, this is the greatest funk song of all time, in my opinion. <laughs>
3: First word of the song is "Do it."
1: But but fluid drafting is exactly what it's about. I'm in a league where we don't find out our draft position until 30 minutes before, actually 15 minutes before we draft. Wow. So you have to be fluid. You cannot go in there and say, okay, I know I'm going running back, running back, or I know I'm going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, or okay, I'm planning for these outcomes because I know I'm already planning a week beforehand, I know that I have the number four pick. No. You have got to be able to be on the fly, and that's where the best. Drafting the best player available. Being smart and being fluid is so important. So when we're at the back of that draft and we started this one and you're having the debate, it's PPR, okay, we are picking number 10. We don't have a chance to get any of the top three running backs. We don't have a chance to get any of the top three wide receivers. We're now picking amongst the next ones. Who do we feel the most confident in? We went after a Melvin Gordon. and. You have, but then once you make that first pick, you have to be fluid with what the rest of your team is going to look like, and just flow with the draft, and 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 take the current where it's like it's starting to back up, and all the debris is starting. Jettison yourself to the outside, and ju- take that current, which is where the a Hunter Henry pick comes in. Where, in my opinion, the Martavis Bryant pick came in, which in another opinion, where Mike Gillisley pick came in. That's how you build a strong draft by being able to say, okay, where am I at now? Okay, this is my pool of guys. Which one has the best impact for my team?
0: On that, uh, and then I'll let Stag Party uh, follow, follow through on this, but in that, it almost reminds me of improv. You know, the best improv people have a lot of on stage experience, a lot of things thrown at them, but the fluidity is very improv to me. And you want to know how you can be great at improv, is by having your tears set. Doing a lot of those mocks, having a lot thrown at you, not making it. So your draft, when you're actually on the clock and drafting a team for your league for this season, is the first time you've been doing mock uh, drafting. Uh, so that, that 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 I like that the fluidity and that it almost reminds me of Second City and Improv, like getting that draft pick 15 minutes before you start. It's amazing. Like to be able to just whatever the crowd throws at you, you can respond and do something interesting and and, and bundle up and create something great. Uh, Anyway, Staggy. I don't
2: have much to add on fluidity. You guys sort of hit all the points. Yeah. Uh, So, another one of the things I like to talk about is, you know, loving other sports. Like how you could do that and just love them as a pastime. And you don't have to be as wrapped up in football or, or as wrapped up in baseball or basketball or hockey. And you can just watch them with no sort of implication. And you're not thinking about, you know, you're the true fan in that sense. You get to put it all on the line for your team. And when they come through for you, you feel like a big winner when, when you lose for 108 years. It, it stinks. But then when you come out on top, you feel like you're on top of the world. Uh, and just being able to watch that as a fan and not having to be so critical of every single move these teams make, you know I'm probably one of the harshest critics on the Bears. I told you, I already think they're gonna suck, like <coughs> yeah. know, just drawing it all up, thinking like that, but if maybe if I wasn't a fantasy football person and I didn't care as much, I could watch the games. And and just not care. But I I care so much that I can't subject myself to that awfulness.
1: So let me ask you, because you're saying that you're able to have this joy with the other sports, but doing what we do, and this is one of the things that was like where I had to decide that football was the passion and football was the thing, because what really interfered with football was fantasy other sports <laughs> So are you a fantasy baseball Or a fantasy hockey Or a
2: fantasy basketball player Either of you I have not I've, I've played like a league A different league every year So I've done a fantasy hockey league one year I've done a fantasy baseball league one year I've done a fantasy basketball league A year But I sort of step back Just because Yeah I want to be more involved I want to write more articles I want to do more podcasts I want to you know, work on other passion projects I have, you know, try, I want to try and make a million dollars. Like,
1: <laughs> hold oh, in. Well, yeah, and folks. the other thing is like, like for me is that I want to be an expert. And, and by, once I signed on and wanted to really focus on football, I found that those other things, number one, they were a detractant. Uh, number two, I wasn't able to pay the right amount of attention to those in order to be successful in those fantasy endeavors. So I found that I would have teams that would be, I'd be good and bad, but it was because my attention was not being paid. A lot of these were, uh, especially with baseball, daily lineup changes. Are you so kidding me? Wow. So a pitcher gets scratched, and I have to be checking up. I'm in sales. I'm in my car. I don't have time to. So my team suffered, and I was like, "That's the beauty of fantasy football. It's one week you play one game. You have to set your lineup once." And if you, the Thursday games, or if a game starts on the noon games, but you have players that are in the afternoon game, you can still make changes. On Like Yahoo! Baseball, I couldn't do that. And then the other, the fact that it runs into the football, because it doesn't end until October. Or if you do the basketball or the hockey, it starts in October in or November. So that overlap sucks. For me,
0: I was I was a huge NBA person. like. Anybody that would know me, I mean, my favorite sport, to be honest,
1: is I was in. a huge
0: NBA guy from Jordan, basically when Iverson got drafted in 95 it re-sparked my, and I was always a Bulls, Jordan Pippen, I was always more of a Pippen fan than a Jordan guy, just yeah. cause I love Jordan in the early '80s, but just like I, I got Jordan out, you know. Jordan. I had
1: the. I was in at Gurney Mills, and it was like when Gurney Mills opened, and they had this this Pippen poster, like your wall that we're looking yeah. at here. It filled this wall, and so I bought that poster. It was like I the remember. coolest Pippen poster. I've got the Wings Jordan poster. Uh,
0: I love uh, I, I love basketball, but I love friggin' Allen Iverson. I hated Kobe, but I respected him so much. Even his first year when he was in the playoffs, just, I just knew this this guy as a rookie was just like, Del Harris was coach. He was just in the playoffs. You just knew this guy, he had no fear. You just knew he was going to be something special. But another moment, momentous period for me in, in, in the basketball, the post-Jordan Bulls, Basketball that really brought me in. I went to. I was at the LeBron draft in New York. I was at. I went to like four drafts, uh, NBA drafts in New York because I love the sport so much. But enough. Dirk Nowitzki. I went to my buddy's bachelor party and was there a day early. Um, and showed everyone's coming the next day and I don't know I, I, I think I live in San Francisco at this point I went a day earlier maybe it's a cheaper flight or no I wanted to see widespread panic widespread panic playing earlier and I had some panic buddies that were down there so I went a day early and I remember I had a cigarette in like two years I was alone and I was at a bar and I was watching the jazz but uh, the jazz with Carl Malone against, Stockton the- the- against Mavericks and, and Steve Nash. And this, it was just like the most amazing game. Watching Steve Nash and Nowitzki and the way they played, swinging around, shooting it. Nowitzki dunking it, and playing everywhere. And watch Nash was another one of my favorites. I remember sitting there watching I, I, I could have
1: seen you starting a, a fantasy basketball website if fantasy basketball had been even half as big as fantasy football. To be honest, when I
0: started Pyro, I was in a fantasy league until the time when I was concepting Pyro in late 08 And saying this is what I'm gonna do, here's the name of it, here's what we're gonna try and achieve, visual, this, all this stuff. That at that point when I decided it was it was it was it was football, I knew that I had to jump out of basketball. But I love fantasy basketball as a sport, because it's not as crazy as baseball, but you've gotta manage it because some weeks your best players have got five games and other ones they got two. It's important.
1: You and and, and it's important because based on those players and based on the matchups of who they'll be playing, who they're playing, can, can the, the way the thing. stat fillers are just so different than,
0: in similar to football. But when I saw that Dirk Nowitzki, that just that just made it. And basically, for, I was a huge hoops guy, always because of Jordan and the Bulls. But then from about 95 through, honestly, probably about 09, just huge. I remember I was heartbroken when Dirk lost to Wade in that two thousand six finals, and then I cried when Dirk beat LeBron and yeah. Wade yeah. Uh, in the eleven finals yeah. in the first. I cried when Dirk ran off the court and was like this because it was so. I love that guy well, so what's much. What's great
1: for him is that that'll always be remembered will because that was the Super Team's first Super Team's yeah. first finals where they like, not one, not two, not no one, one thought not the Mavericks one. could win. LeBron, you were right. Not one that yeah.
0: year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's it. But, but sports, all these sports are awesome and but it's good that's a great point, Stag Party. Like love other sports. I'm starting to try to get more into golf. I'm well, you know, it's crazy. Trying to get more into it. Right. And like watching golf and playing it a little more. Like it, there's so many great sports out there. We are a fantasy football site and we just eat up and Football is our favorite thing, but I've been guilty of this a bit. I've admonished and I've gotten rid of some sports too much to be an expert, like you said, to be like so good at your craft. Like, I don't have time for that, and that's not the right approach, because sport is sport.
1: Well, that's 100% right, and I feel the same way, because I kind of divorced myself in some of these sports, and when the teams were bad... But, like, I'm reinvesting in the White Sox this year. I'm a White Sox fan. I live a yeah. 10-minute walk from Wrigley Field, and I'm a White Sox fan. Um, and we're in the full rebuild. But I'm embracing the rebuild. I love the idea. We finally picked a lane. I, I like watching the, the young kids develop and seeing, and, and seeing the progression and, and seeing all the different moves that we're doing. Um, so, as a fan, though, too, I love being able to just immerse myself as a fan and not have to be an expert, though. You know, I don't have to... And I can, and it doesn't take me long, and it wouldn't take you either, any of us long. You follow them for a week or three days, and you start knowing who all the players are, and you're right on board.
2: You just watch the game, and you remember the amazement of just being a little kid and just watching the game, and like. Oh my god, how do you hit that ball? How far? Or how the hell did he make that shot? And those plays in football, because you're so invested in it, just aren't as amazing, unfortunately. Like that old Del Beckham play, the, the one all over everywhere. It's a great play. But it's like, oh yeah, I've seen things like that before. Yeah. Julio Jones totes happen on the sidelines or the crazy things that these guys can do that you've seen every nook and cranny of just aren't the same as having that instant awe moment.
3: Yep.
2: Well, Val, Val, Val Daddy loves Froggy. Froggy love Daddy? What the fuck? <laughs> you
0: know what that's from, right? No. You know? You know my ears are kind of fucked up on some
1: of these stuff. up, Froggy. Daddy loves Froggy, Froggy loves Daddy. Blazing Saddles.
0: Okay. No, yes. it's been forever since I've seen that that's, <laughs> But I gotta check it.
2: Let's move. That, that's Mel Brooks, one of
1: the greatest. Stacks, go for something. Harvey Corman, one of the greatest actors in Mel Brooks movies. Yes.
2: I've got a fantasy football one, and then we'll circle back around to another sports thing. Cool. Uh, if you guys are cool with that. Do so, so, fantasy football. I love reading all different types of articles. I prefer them a little bit more stat-focused, so that's the kind of thing that gets me riled up about players and numbers and splits and all these different things that you look at, the advanced analytics that aren't really there in the sport of football but are there in a lot of other sports, but guys trying to do... Trendy things and makeup metrics and different sort of things along those lines. I love the thought process that goes into that, and then the research studies and these guys who do incredible things with play-by-play stats. Like, I'd love to learn one of these advanced stat programs and be able to do more of it. But right now, it's like uh, I'm pretty damn good at Excel. What's the next wave of things you need to learn? And that's a cool aspect of it. But I just love reading articles all the time about different players. And then forming my own opinion based off those things. It's like, "Ah, I don't really know about that one. But it's like, hey, this guy struggles under pressure. Um, His offensive line got a lot weaker this offseason. How is he going to handle that? Uh, as he adds all these other weapons. How do those things balance out?
0: Well, I'll say, in the fantasy football industry, and this is a a nod to the Stag Party, I would say you are a top 10, top 15 fantasy mind in this new era of metrics within football. You said just didn't really used to be around. And you buy our draft kit, uh, out right now, version 2, i um, going to do a quick, uh, quick sell job. I'm not even going to go into that, but check it out. You are one of those guys, Scott Barrett, the pro football focus. Those Roto-Viz guys. I'm sure you could name a, a, a number of other great guys. I love Todd Todd from PA and what those guys are doing. But you, Stag Party, and the way we keep you so busy with so many elements. You're not able to just focus on charts and focus on coming up with... Even our Pyro Heat Index, the thing that you and uh, the Archer work on, we're not able to release that until week one of the season. But that is just nothing. You are at the forefront in fantasy football, 100% of coming up with these new metrics and this new guard and this new era of trying to put that, those numbers that have been around in baseball forever towards football. You're at the forefront of it. There are some great guys and some great minds out there and great sites that are doing this, but you're a part of that.
1: I, I, it's amazing to me because you, you, the way that I, I tell it is when I have conversations with you and hearing how you argue. And you argue so mathematically in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, but 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 it's you're taking facts of statistics that have happened... Here's the fact, you know, it's not the drunk idiot at the end of the bar who's just making a statement and I'm making it so loudly that you should listen to me. No, I'm speaking with information that has been investigated and, and digested and informatively constructed to this answer and it's based on this data. And so that's what I love about you is that it's there is formulation to it, so it's not like I've ever... Sitting there, whenever you say something, and I go, okay, well, you know what? Maybe I need to reevaluate that. Let me let me go take a let me go look back and see. Oh, all right, there's all the research. I see exactly what he's talking about. You know what? I have a, an idea in your mind. You may have an idea in your mind. Now, all of us do because we have individual prejudices of, of just how we look at life and how we look at players. That I want this guy to be my favorite player, and so no matter what, I'm going to overlook all of his downsides, and I'm just going to focus on the positives. But I'm not. I'm looking at them through rose-colored glasses, and I'm not. I'm comparing apples to oranges as opposed to comparing apples to apples. And what you do a really good, great job of is bringing everything down to apples to apples, so it's a fair comparison, and it's not an, an unbiased or an irrelevant comparison. Irrelevant comparison.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of different aspects that go into it. Um, there, there's football's a tough sport. I mean. We'll never know the plays that are called on the field, even if the teleprompter every game goes up, draws up, everybody's responsibilities. We still wouldn't be able to comprehend all of that that goes on across the NFL at one time, every person's responsibilities, everybody's adjustments on defense. So just finding those meaningful things is important, and usually it has a lot to do with you know a player sort of is what he's been before um until he's not until that sort of fades away and he can't play the game and beat father time like he has before
0: but is it part of that because of um what the last point like even if they had the play up on the screen while we're on Red Zone. It's like, Red Zone! We know the play! If that's what people wanted because, now nah, it's new technology. Is that because of audibleing and the way that the game... It doesn't matter bit. if you're put, running, supposed to run up the gut, and when the play actually happens, you're going to bust it. Is it just the fluidity in a different the, the, aspect of the, the game?
2: Yeah, it's the fluidity of the game in itself because he, he, they might draw up the play, but then... Russell Wilson breaks contained from the pocket. Everybody runs a scramble drill, immediately runs to the sideline uh, that he's running to. You know, one guy goes middle, one guy goes short, and one guy goes long. Scramble drills. And then looking at sort of, I, I guess, leverage of a defense. So if you're running your route, the guy's on your inside shoulder, you might take an outside release sort of variation of your route just because of the leverage he was playing. And now imagine on the flip side, the defense, uh, you're going to see a crossing route, these rub routes that they do now. You might switch when your play was man on your side. So you might switch uh, and sort of play a variation of man zone because of what the offense did to you. So that there's all the, the fluidity of the game. The is, 22
0: players on the field. So much well, not only that, like,
1: what I love that you, you do too is that you'll be able to say, well, yes, but this guy is hurt this week. This guy is playing this week. This guy's gonna go off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't. But that's the
0: strength the schedule. That's the matchup. No, no, that's, but it,
1: but, it, but it's also it's, it, awesome. it, it's, it's all the different deep dives that you're doing into. It's also the individual player. Like it was it was the guy who was the the lockdown corner on, on uh, the Lions. The, the, the name is the skater. Darius Slay Slay was out, and you're like. Darius Slay is not playing this week. You can look at all the numbers of what Detroit's done against. It doesn't mean anything. Darius Slay is not playing this week. So, this player has a much better chance to have a different week than all that you've seen. So, yeah. that's what I love about when. The well, you've seen it. the
0: metrics so far
1: are out the window.
0: It's not, it's not, it's changed. Val- 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 Val-
2: Val- Do you know why I came to America? I came to Public schools, healthcare system, giant water parks. I mean, the same
3: reason anyone comes to America.
2: So let's uh, talk about another non fantasy.
0: But before we do that,
2: listen to this. So, getting back to it, how about something I really, really love? We talked about other sports, but something I love that doesn't happen enough in the fucking NFL. Hot stove and trade season. Yeah, When these teams, you know, hey, we're going for a full rebuild. The White Sox trade Chris Sale, Jose Quintana, Todd Frazier. They trade all the stalwarts of their offense and pitching staff to get younger, cost-controlled assets. And their long-term plan... That goes along with that. And the same thing in the NBA. You know, you look at the Bulls. Let's trade Jimmy Butler. Let's make a shit deal to get a guy coming off an ACL injury, uh, a point guard who really struggled in his rookie season, and uh, a seven-footer who's going to need a couple years to, you know, sort of progress. But just the way trades happen in other sports... And
0: then, hold on, to to piggyback that, and then... Uh, A month and a half later, we'll find out that Kyrie uh, wants to get traded to play with Butler, the guy he gave all that garbage for. So we could have not not. been in a rebuild and traded a lot of that stuff. Maybe it wouldn't have worked, but just in in, in theory. But
1: but the other difference is, too, that even those NBA trades, baseball is the ultimate goal, right? Because hot stove, or even hockey, too, how many times how many big trades do you see in basketball though at the trade deadline no. not like you do it at like baseball it's like holy baseball crap no everybody, holy everybody's record. buying everything baseball basketball is right. draft day trade and it has got people. a good trade deadline too but baseball's trade deadline is that is must see month what's what's the first, It's basically two weeks once once that first one happens then it's like okay everyone's, everyone's oh, we're still in it we're still in it And if the NFL can have that, you're right. If the NFL can have that, ooh, it would be great. And it's so possible. It seems weird it doesn't. Why doesn't
2: it? I mean, a couple different things need to happen to help. Expanded rosters. Yeah. Developmental league. We can talk about my love for developmental leagues in in football all day. So maybe that's something we'll get to a little bit later. But... You know, they, they don't have a great feeder system besides the NCAA. Uh, that's, that's their feeder system. It makes a boatload of money for the NCAA. Nobody really wants to change it. But if there was a league that, that could do it, it would have to be attached to the NFL. That could really help, and guys would have rights. You know, it's like, hey, my rights are with the Giants, or my rights are with the 49ers. Uh, and you could trade guys off practice squads, trade guys off of, you know, your feeder system, you know, trade your starter and try to make those things. But right now in the NFL you can't trade because of unknowns. Everybody's an unknown unless you're known. And the known guys aren't the ones people want to give up. The league's like barely deep enough to get you know quarterbacks. Let's call it quarterbacks. There's not 32 good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. But th- what? What? 22. So, but if they would, ex- like if, they would rosters, right? Right. if they would expand
1: rosters, right? If they would expand rosters, where you're then able to have more
2: developmental type players. But then uh, you need to expand practice time again. Well, and, uh, well,
1: and, and, and presence
0: of games for those practice players, where there's like a JV. Uh, like a, 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 visible, Saturday a, game, visible, a Saturday game a yeah there's yeah. like a visible way to be like wow this guy's the best in this lower sub league so that he's actually worth well, the o- only way for.
1: that you could do that is depending on how it would still work with in-game rosters because You'd probably have to have them play that game after the main guys play because if you need one of those guys in the main game, you can't play on Saturday and then come to be back and play on Sunday. I feel
0: like I feel Stringly, like we're writing a screenplay for uh, the know, running man right now of the NFL. I like it. Well, let's, I, I love it. Let's, let's move on to, uh, if you don't mind, we'll move
2: on to the next subject matter. I think trades are just one of those things that are always so exciting because they hope springs to turn. Mm-hmm. No matter what side of it you're on, it, it just changes things. I mean, we're talking about Carlos Hyde being a potential cut. But hey, if trades happen more often in the NFL, and, and I understand it's hard to learn the playbook, and that's one issue, and get a guys up to speed. But why couldn't the Baltimore Ravens go out right now and trade a fourth and a sixth? You know what, maybe a problem? And Kenneth Dixon for fucking. But but is there an issue that like can, can they?
1: Can, I don't know what the answer to this. Can they in the NFL do like you can in baseball? I'm going to trade you. Right. So I'm I'm going to trade you player, and he's got a salary of eight million. But I'm going to absorb four million of the cap hit for you and pay half that salary. Does that happen? In the NFL, or do you have to assume full responsibility to contract? Now, if you would allow, if, if it is full responsibility to contract, that's probably a big reason why these things don't happen. Yep. If you would be able to have flexibility and say, "Fine, I'll trade you this player and give you this prospect," but you're going to end up having to pay basically seventy percent of the salary, that's the only way I'm going to do this move. I like it.
0: I'm going to move on to a, a love of mine um, and something that's important to me, and it's 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 just. It's not fantasy football related. I'll do the I'll do the non fantasy football related, and then I'll get over to uh, uh, the, the 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 football side. And that's love, not hate. You know, it's kind of like a little piggyback on your uh, fight the power. Um, uh, do the right thing. do the right thing video or soundbite. You know, bite for sound the, bite, bite the Sound Soundbite. Love, not hate. You know, bury all grudges in life. Uh, it's not worth it to sit there and just have an endless stream of different grudges you're holding on different people for different reasons. Uh, We all do it. We're human beings. And we get treated wrongly in our eyes. Sometimes we treat people wrongly. It's just human nature. But what I've learned, and I've learned this from my father, and I've learned this from some of my experiences in life, is when I get really upset with someone, and it sometimes happens within fantasy sports. Uh, I've had some serious blowouts in fantasy football, much more serious ones in fantasy basketball. But in general, I'm not going to go to specifics. I'm going to keep this top level. This is the love show. But that's what happens.
1: But yeah, you so. know,
0: in life, people are going to piss you off, and it's better to forgive and move on and 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 talk through it and say, hey. I was pissed for this reason, and the person that pissed you off is probably like, I did this for that reason, and you're gonna to come to it, and you're gonna be like, you know what? Fuck it. That's over. Let's put that to let's let's burn that to the ground and let's move on. And let's have a little open dialogue right now. Cool. I want to so, hear, I'll, I'll uh, for me, I, I, I think it's just don't live in a world of harboring grudges, That's harboring great. anger. Move on because I'm telling you. The old saying on your dying bed, your regrets and the things you're going to look back on are going to be probably, this is a love show, but to go to negative, you're going to, your regrets are going to really stick with you and you're going to wish you could have that time back. So if you've got someone that you're pissed at right now, bury the hatchet. Talk through it. The guy still a cock knocker, or the girl still a cock knocker? It's not worth it, and the person just an asshole. You so should... be it. You're the, be the bigger man. Yeah.
1: Start that dialogue. Figure that out. Try and get it to a better place. No, and, that, and that's the key is that it, what you're going to regret is relationships lost. And the one thing I can tell you is, is, just celebrating my first year of marriage, and looking back on through my relationship with my wife, and when you think about the fights that we've had. And when, And I looked at her, and I'm like, you remember these fights that we had when we first moved in together? Stupidest fucking fights I've ever been in in my entire life. Oh, my God. That picture has to be on the wall. Really? Who fucking cares? Let's find a new picture together, and it'll be (laughs) fine. You know, like these dumb things that you end up fighting over, and and it's it's petty, stupid things that you, when you drill it down, it's really stupid. And so when you can look past that and just realize, hey... And, and so now it's like what's what's great about like like in my marriage, what's great is that we don't get in those stupid fights anymore. Or when we do, we recognize that this is another stupid fight that we're getting in right now. Let's stop. Okay, this is a stupid fight. <laughs> 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 and, you know. And, and then you really there's not that many real fights. And if you have a lot of real fights, then maybe you should find a different relationship.
0: And but at the end of the day, if you are in a fight. You still can have that relationship. Don't let don't let the fight lose the relationship.
2: I don't have much to add.
0: You don't got much to add there? Here, here I'll, I'll do the last thing. I've gotten in some fights in fantasy sports and so have, so have other people. Nothing that's ever hurt my relationships long term, but, uh, you know, I, I know that in life I've, I've held some grudges longer and I've got a lot of friends that have hold grudges that are crazy to the point where, like, you're still friends with that guy? But he did this and this, and I'm like, that's your fight. You know, that's your fight. I, can't, if, if I If I base my relationships based on, and you're one of my best friends, I get it, and I'll, I'll support you, and I'm going to be there for you. If you told me outright, yeah, I, I, you can't, for us to be friends, I can't have you be friends with them. I would consider that. But you got to have your own battles. Pick your own fights. But be the bigger man. Go high. Wait, hold on, is this a Hillary Clinton? When
1: they go low, we go high. I don't know what you're going on that, but (laughs) I've had those things where I have a cousin who will not talk to me anymore after something that started through fantasy football, but it ends up being, you know, it's never all fantasy football, It's it's other things, and I've done my part to be the bigger person, and he doesn't want to be, but you know what, every time that I ever run into him again, I'm still the bigger person, and you should always be the bigger person. There's, you know what? Because if that person who's always gonna hate and always gonna be that—they're never happy. So don't don't revel in in any of that. Just be the bigger person. Live your life. Be happy. Do the right thing. Still treat that person with respect, even if they treat you with disrespect. That's that is true Gandhiism right there, yeah. and 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 really the, uh, Jesus as well. Turn the other cheek. This is. Be the bigger person. Don't stoop to that level. And if you do, things will tend to work out better for you in life, I I tend to feel. No question. No question. Um,
0: All right. So that was just something a little little, little sidebar. But, yeah, just, just do it. Screw it. Don't don't get caught up in all the negative. Um, do it for anyone. Anyone want to throw out a fantasy football uh, love or you? I, I I could do
1: one. I I'd kind of pull it out of my ass right now as I'm. Well, you know, my other my other thing is this: is I'm the guy who writes the uh, waiver wire pickups. That is probably and, and, and it's one of the things that again when I started this job I lost out on my prowess of it. I'm, I'm good at it. I'm writing about it, but I'm not. Filling out my waivers yeah, yeah. on all of my teams, where I'm scrambling at the last second. Oh my God, I forgot to put the pickups in. Oh shit! It's called. It's called not practicing <laughs> what you preach. Right, and you know because I'm more concerned about everybody else than I am about myself. So hey, I like spread the love. I, I don't need the self We've fault. all, we've all, we've all, cost, <laughs> we've all
0: been cost a win or two here. Absolutely. Answering, ask, answering a second Pro second opinion. Uh, at the last minute, and then realizing I that didn't I didn't didn't press submit. Um, yeah. I lost that. Time.
1: so but, <laughs> but but i I love being able to be that, and I, and I mentioned it earlier, like finding that emmanuel sanders in the in the auction leagues. Waiver Wire is the way you do it in an annual league, where you're really finding that gem that's just under the surface, scrape off the dirt, and to find them is one of the things that we did, D-Rex, back in 2011-2012, where we used to have a, uh, before we were covering all the 16 games, but one of our things each week was a foreshadowing. Let's think ahead one to two weeks, who are the players that you should grab now, that if you do, uh, you'll be the only one that has them, and then in two weeks, everyone's going to want this guy. and when you're able to be ahead of that curve and that's also the same thing in auction leagues when you can go and auction the guy and pick him up for a buck this week but if you wait two weeks later he's going for $35 because he had that huge game
0: yeah I love that and the flip side I think that that love and going for your guy happens in the draft when we talk about it um, over the years I love if I love a guy, and we all we did this with the uh, Martavis Bryant, the fourth round pick. If you love a guy, go get him.
1: Go early. I've heard people say that can't do a love showing up show without Beyonce. But I don't know about
0: that.
3: Many times we've loved and we've shared love and made love. It
0: doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. any better than that. But it goes to the drafts. If you love someone, don't be scared about, you know, don't be an idiot and draft someone if you think you can get them four rounds later. But if you think that there's a possibility that the guy doesn't make it back to you, pounce. You know how it is. If you're at the front of a draft, or at the end of the draft. Sometimes there's a long, in a 12-man draft, there's a long number of 20-so picks that you're not going to be able to take your next guy. So if you really are going to be bummed out to not have that guy, it's better to grab that guy. And have them, and then figure out what comes back to you. Then to sit there and be like, oh, "I'm gonna just take what's better and here and more uh, ADP uh, relevant and industry wide." Go get the guys you love. When you're in drafts, do it. Stag party. Give me a love if it's FF or lo- or lifestyle.
2: Watch, writing fancy football articles with HGTV. Or Food Network out in the background. Food <laughs> Network. Oh yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Uh, Diners, drive-ins and dives. That's the good. The guy's one. my guy. Uh, also, really like Chopped. Chopped's a classic. I like that one. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: a, a cooking show guy too. I don't
2: like cooks and cooks versus cons. I love cooks versus cons. I don't like it. <laughs> I like Cutthroat Kitchen. I don't like the dessert shows. I don't give a shit. Master Chef
1: is my favorite, but Master Chef Junior is the ultimate. Eight to 13-year-old kids
2: cooking and and getting chopped. And learning <laughs> chopping around you, for sure. But then I also love HGTV, uh, all the, pretty much all the shows there, except for Love It or List It. I hate that one. Is your, uh, is
0: your living girlfriend, she good cook? No. You, to cook? Cook. you live You're cook? You're the
2: cook? Yeah, but I don't nice. have time
1: to cook. Like, it just doesn't happen. Find the time. I will tell you this. Until I sure. got married, I never cooked. I would make. I would my my going to the grocery was store sandwich. was frozen pizzas. I'd get deli meat and, and, and so I could have like sandwiches and like so I'd have like chips or whatever. That's my diet. then. Then I would also have uh, like Hungry Man dinners no. and I would get like. No, so, no, this is what I was. Yeah, making. no, I got, I got Crack. It. Now I. Find a recipe, I make the food, and then if you like it, and I make a crock pot thing, like I had this awesome like uh it's like a pasta. Crock-pot. No, it's awesome, yeah. And you it it lasts like extra so I had like half of it left over. I've, i froze it when we before we went on vacation and came back and I've reheated it and it's been amazing. <laughs> so you it. have to, it's like the food tastes better than any of the processed shit that you get. The yeah. crock pot is the easiest in the world. You just throw everything in it, you put the cover on it, you go to work, and you come home eight hours later and it's fucking ready. Well for me, I'm I'm more
0: I was always been more of a sandwich guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I make some good pastas with some, you know, Italian meats and put it in there and let it let it deal with it. But really my deal is breakfast. I am amazing at eggs. Cooking up, getting some caramelized onions, getting some some uh, peppers going, whether it's spicy or the red, green, yellow variety. Getting some of those chives going, and they got you got some potatoes situation. I mean, literally. I'll the, back the, you up. i you You have I don't know how to poach an egg.
1: You had poached eggs.
0: Yeah, I, I can uh, eggs. The French, the guys, the, the I don't think what was the name? the French. I don't know what his name is, French Egg Chef, French Omelette Chef. This guy's taught me a lot. I love you. <laughs> but eggs and what I can do with eggs is where I really shine. The rest of the time, to be honest, I love cooking, it's fun, but I go and I'm like, and I look at these recipes, it's like, you mean this and that. That's $47. And it, it's 70 bucks. <laughs> no, 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 And I eat the thing, and it's two hours, I eat it, it's like, it's good. I could have gone to my favorite restaurant. I gotten a bottle of wine, a dessert, and my favorite
1: dish for seventy bucks. No, I get it. That, the, but the difference is this: once you start buying, once you stock your ingredients, right? With all the, you don't have to buy seasonings every time. You have all the seasonings. Okay, then you're just buying. At the most, you're having to maybe buy like a can of tomato sauce or a can of chicken broth, or you're having to buy, you know. But otherwise, you have a lot of these things, yeah. and they're still cheaper, and you can have. As a single person, I mean, as a couple, we get two to three meals out of these. So as a single person, you have anywhere from four to six meals, depending on how big you eat. Well, so when you think about here. it, so three. even if you're talking about $70 or say $60, that's $20 a meal if you do it three times, and it's better food.
0: I agree with you, and we'll move on from the food. I love this time. But let me see one thing. It sucks. I'm not happy about it. Huh? But... I'm a leftover nightmare You're my I wife I, I, am left, I am not a leftover My project manager at the office Jen She'll literally eat Something from the fridge A lunch dish A week later I will too I, And that's shit. No shit no That thing's got like It's got like no, it doesn't. 20 hours For if you, me For me It just is what it is yeah, It yeah. is what it is It's like Personal,
1: it's, it's personal. Like I don't like leftovers. No, no, but like fucking twenty hours. I get max. it. I get it. But let me, let me, let me, let me, let me fix this because my <laughs> wife is exactly the same way. So I've had this argument discussion. It's not a stupid argument. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a real one. This is a real one. This is a real. This is a real thing. When we try to figure out. Well, we want to <laughs> yes. save money. You're trying to. So what you have to find is also, and the cooking shows have also helped me too, like understand that I don't need a grill. I've made the best uh, steak, uh, a pan-seared steak with like the butter and like pouring it over the top and doing the whole thing with the garlic and everything. The best New York strip I've ever had, better than anyone I ever made on the, on the grill. Amazing. But that's from, from technique okay, or whatever. But when you're talking about the leftovers, you have to find the meal that you like a lot. It's not just making a meal that's like, here's a recipe, uh, I don't really like pasta, it's possible. Don't, don't make it. Make the recipe that you really like, and when you make it right, if it's like a chicken type thing and get like, you know, think about even this, you get, if it's a pasta, you want to eat pasta, don't get, don't use the, the processed pasta, buy the fresh pasta. It'll taste so much better than when you reheat it. It'll taste so much better.
0: I thought Houdini was going to do better. I was like, you know what I did? I got a vacuum sealer. And <laughs> the leftovers I seal. But hold on. You don't Let's, need to. No, I know. Let's go. It's just who I am. I'm Tupperware. Not, Tupperware seal. My OCD is, is Purell. Uh, you got four to games. five days to eat your leftovers. And I don't love leftovers. Well, I'll get into it. Get into it, Roxy. And we'll listen to this. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next one. Who's got a uh, who's got something they want to drop into? No.
1: All well, right. um, a lot. Of, let's see here. I, I think I got something left. Okay. One of the things that I love, and I just got back from traveling, and I'm going to combine two of mine since we're okay. at the two hour twenty mark. Traveling and random conversations. I love it. Uh, I, I I spent until the last like two years. I really didn't travel that much in the last 10 years before that. The last two years I've traveled more than I have in my entire life. And I love it. I love going to different cities and what me and my wife do when we go. Is we're not just going and doing the stupid touristy he thing. He's going to make sure his wife listens to this show. She's like,
0: "This is what we, this is what the she'll pod- never listen. This is what the Pyro podcast she'll is never like. Listen. like." "Oh my
1: god, I love you." Yeah. <laughs> so, two, two two episodes a week. You know what? No Do you know what? Wrong. Girl? She'll never listen, and even if she did listen, she'll never get to two hours and twenty minutes and forty one seconds. That I can guarantee you. So, um, well, probably a little bit less than on this. Uh, but uh, anyway. The point is, I love it when you we go and explore the city. We walk through neighborhoods and you try out the mom and pop type stores. And so, like we had this experience in Canada. Uh, we're up in Toronto for in our Canada- anniversary. A- yeah, Canada. A- A- Canada. And I went to go to this. Uh, we were in the distillery district, and so I was like, oh, let's go grab lunch, and then we we're going to walk around. So we went to this. I found this place on Yelp called Mom and Pops. So get in there. It's like it's. Uh, they make the, all the sandwiches fresh to go. I got, she had a breakfast sandwich. I got like a turkey club, and we're hanging out and then we're eating. And they're like, I'm like, oh, I want to pay. And they're like, oh, no, no, just pay when you're done. So I finish the meal and I go to pay. My credit card wasn't accepted for whatever reason on their machine. I tried my other credit card, it wouldn't take. I went to their ATM, tried all my cards. I couldn't get money out. And they're like, just don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not okay. (laughs) This Um, sucks. I need to pay you. I feel like an asshole. And so I'm like, look. Can I get your address? I will send you money. So I just wrote them a letter and sent them. Is that why you called me at 11 o'clock on
0: uh, last Thursday? No, no. I need. I'm in jail. Need, I'm in jail. I need, I need you money. They me a Western Union, thirty-eight dollars
1: and seventy-two cents. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in a Canadian jail. I'm in a Canadian jail. In a Canadian jail. Uh, so anyway, so it was like twenty dollars Canadian, and the exchange rate, which really means it's like a fifteen-dollar meal. I gave him forty bucks in American cash. Wrote a nice letter, uh, posted on like Instagram the thing, and a thing. It's like a po- wrote a nice Yelp review for them. That's just the best, you know. That's awesome. And the other thing is that not only just traveling and going into, to to different areas, but the random conversations. And you don't have to be traveling to do this. You can just be at the bar and just talk to that idiot at the end of the bar, the bar. <laughs> and have that random conversation. <laughs> you can you can be at the bar, nowhere else. <laughs> you know, you can have them anywhere. You can have with the ones at the bar with the drunk person are sometimes the most hilarious conversations. like all my friends where you, just, where you just like you just happen to be sitting in the bar having a drink and like these people come up and you're like okay so I like to just kinda listen into conversations and see where I can jump in. If I'm like as a traveling salesman I'm I've used to be used, used to be out alone on the road. You stop at a bar, you're gonna have a couple drinks, see if there's any action there. If not, you go home, go drink <laughs> off and go to bed. <laughs> there is an evening we know about. Okay, oh, thank hey, Mile he, High Club for the solo guy,
0: right? Yeah. Who is like, yeah, if she did listen, it, She'll would, be, never listen. it would have She'll been dropped listen. out at two hours. The worst part minutes. I had to
1: worry about is uh, her brother telling her what it was going on. Uh, Mike, <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this uh, Data Force Cool site. Check it out. DataForceFF.com. Second year we've been in this charity league. Uh, third year. Third year? Wow, jeez, time flies. Third year really uh, Matthew Hill and I don't know who his other partner is but these guys uh, have a a, a, a a site where you can park your league it's not daily fantasy it's more year long fantasy but cool it's cool you should check it out but there's a charity league we got uh, some big names guys Pat Dorman's in it you got the, Justin Soblik from New York Times is in it Sigmund Bloom. you got John Paulson Sean Corner uh, some good some good guys um, let's talk quickly about fantasy, uh, about this league a little bit, and, and, and a fantasy perspective. And and we were the seventh
1: pick? Ninth ten. Pick. Ninth, oh, no, I thought it was ten. Ninth. Yeah, ninth, ninth pick. We were the ninth pick, so tough spot this year, uh, honestly. Uh, anywhere, anywhere it, it's almost a crapshoot when you're talking nine through twelve, and it's almost like depending on. I how like tw- twelve, I don't really like. Nine. Right, because you have to make that pick early and you have to wait for all those other guys to grab the extra. But I think we've done want. so. I mean, I just we've done so, great with the nine. I feel so happy with what
0: we've done. Um, let's so, walk
1: people through it. Let's then. go
0: through it. So basically, we're we're trapped between Paulson, who's an amazing uh, rankings guy, uh, and he's, Corner, I mean, and the probably if you're those, the, those rank- are the two best basically player <laughs> ranking guys in the industry, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, projection and rankings. John Paul's at
0: Paulson and Sean Corner from stats, stats. and 4 for 4. 4 for 4. Those heavy hitters. Are probably the two best, they, like you said. St- uh, player rankings and projections. So we're in between them. <laughs> and uh, so AJ Green in the first round went before us. We took Melvin Gordon and then our Corner took... Well, uh,
2: go we ahead. took Melvin Gordon because when we were looking at our tiers... It was LaShawn McCoy and Melvin Gordon. LaShawn McCoy was already gone, so it was a tier with you know RB5, which is Melvin Gordon left, or a tier 2 wide receiver, and we've got four or five tier 2 wide receivers. Yeah, it was like T.Y. Hilton, Mike Evans. T.Y. H- no, Evans was oh, gone. He was gone. He was gone. So it was T.Y. Hilton, Des Bryant, Jordy Nelson. Michael uh, Thomas. Michael Thomas. Those four guys and like we have no chance of getting a top tier running back back but we got a chance of getting a top tier wide receiver back so we're like all right let's smash draft on Melvin Gordon Hope one of these guys hopes another guy takes a running back we'll take one of these wide receivers that falls you know what,
1: but I want to say this because and this is almost where I think is the right strategy when you're in this 9 10 11 12 if that running back that still of impact is still there. You need to grab it because then you're going to get the wide receivers coming back. And even if you have to wait till you're going to get one in the second round, but even on the third round, you can grab that wide receiver, which can be valuable as well.
2: I hate the end of the third round. So yeah, I know, um, I know it's, it's, it's. We had we got lucky in the third round. We De- did. DeAndre Hopkins fell in the third round. I was like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is still available. We should probably just take DeAndre Hopkins as wide receiver 16 off the board. Like, in a PPR league, I think that, that's a tough one to match, especially if he gets a little better quarterback play out of Tom Savage or uh, Sean Watson. Uh, I think that was a pretty you easy you He's rarely available that late.
1: No, no, and what we were seeing earlier, like a month, a month and a half earlier in mock drafts, DeAndre Hopkins was the eleven, twelve pick. Yeah, that was a crazy pick. I understand, sure. but but even still, you're still sitting in, in middle of round two at the latest. So, what's interesting is also great, too, when you're, when you're when, and this is about being fluid, as well, you were one saying, about your, counter-tour, counter-tour, counter-tour. But, but, you know your fluidity in the draft, when DeAndre Hopkins falls, just because of how it is, and, and this is what will happen in, in different drafts around the country, um, is that people have fallen out of favor in whatever reason, but a guy who's put up the numbers that a guy like DeAndre Hopkins has... The risk-reward, especially in a third round, is just ridiculously sick that I don't care if you had the notions against him. You have notions against him as a late first round, early second round pick. You have no notion against him as a third round pick, and you need to get off of your whatever your dislike was of him if you were talking smack about him earlier when you get him in a value. There were two plays that
0: happened last year. One was a penalty on a t- long touchdown, and one was a drop pass. That if those two plays had gone differently, he's the ninth receiver last year in fantasy play. Here's a question I'll do. Oh, the one where he stepped out of bounds. Stepped about. out yeah, of yeah. it, it was an 87 yeah, yard it run. It was like it was,
1: a Brandon Marshall play of years ago with yeah. Miami where he stepped if out of bounds.
0: If that goes, it, it adds to a point where he's in the top 10. Um, but here's a question I got for you, and this is why I think when, when I saw this, was, I, we're, I was looking at this. Sammy, okay, so here's a question. Who are you taking? Demarius Thomas? Okay, here, let me go on. I'll go back one. Who are you taking first? And we're going to second round, third round here Amari Cooper or DeAndre Hopkins?
2: Amari um,
0: Cooper. I'm okay. Amari Cooper. Okay, Doug Baldwin or DeAndre Hopkins?
2: DeAndre by a hair just because yeah. I think Doug Baldwin's a wide receiver too. Brandon Cooks or DeAndre Hopkins? Uh
1: I think I'm going go Brandon Cooks.
2: Demarius Thomas or
0: DeAndre? DeAndre. DeAndre. For, for me, that's just a blowout. Yeah, that's that's not even close Sa- That's not even close. Do you Sammy
1: Watkins
0: or DeAndre Hopkins? I think
1: I go DeAndre. I can't I can't trust Sammy yet. I'm a DeAndre. Sammy Watkins. I know you're a Sam. Sammy. Allen Robinson
0: or DeAndre Hopkins?
1: Oh, I, I think I, I would still
0: take uh, Allen Robinson. Man. I'm a DeAndre guy. All those guys that we one. just compared there in that late mid second before we took DeAndre a little bit on the dark back end of went. the third, all went above DeAndre. When I saw that happening, I was just like, "Oh my God, we are we might be able to get a DeAndre." Because I'm telling you, I think DeAndre's an end of the second rounder. I get yes. it. I think he's an end of the second rounder. I agree strongly. So it was an off. That was our easiest pick by yeah. far. Uh, was I was the, like, that you that guys
2: pick. can tell me whatever you want, but I'm drafting the NFL. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that one deserved a felony. Keenan Allen was the pick after. Maybe. No. Continue. It's coming. It's and coming. then Alshon after that. Ugh. I hate Alshon, man. You just don't like him this year? I still don't know if this thing's
1: gonna start or it's what. It's not gonna start. I, I killed it. Okay. okay. but uh, so, I'll tell you what, if you give it if you give it ten, two seconds, I'll give it to you. I love no. Galshon, but now really? not in the third round.
2: I love you too, my little pooky pages.
0: Not as much as I love
2: you, cuddle buns. Ooh, I love you more. Okay. Uh, lots of love. Moving on. Right. I love like Galshon, it's like minus 20. I just don't know how he sees the same sort of 10 targets a game that he was seeing in Chicago the last couple years, and that's going to make it a little bit tough for me. I think they're going to spread the ball ball around. I don't think Zach Ertz takes as big a hit as people think. I think Ertz is going to be a centerpiece of the offense. I mean, we've seen what they've done with uh, sort of tight ends in that system uh, of Doug Peterson, so I, I think Ertz isn't going to take much of a hit.
0: Don't you think that if it comes back,
2: don't you like? Do you what do you think about Jordan Matthews? Why is this guy just so unliked? They're talking about Nelson Aguilar starting yeah. in the slot over Jordan Matthews right now. Did, so Jordan Matthews could be one of those guys that trade? should be traded. Like this is a guy who's put up you know a wide receiver eighteen and a wide receiver twenty seven type season, all based on volume and you know the drops have been a little bit scary, but. I think he's better than that. I'm I'm laughing because
1: I still have Nelson Aguilar on a reserve roster in one of my leagues when I because like, like, you know, well, oh, because I, I kept trading and going for it, so i i like well like I can keep one there forever and I don't have enough people, so I'm like I just dropped Bishop Sankey off of that same <laughs> list. Oh good for Remember you. Remember that guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's just like a first uh, rounder, right? Yeah, right. Wow. Um, out wow. of Washington. Worst. So Nelson no, no, Nelson no. sitting no. there Titans. for me. And it's like, I'll leave him there because, like, okay, when I'm hearing all this stuff, and it's like, they bring in Alshon. I'm, what I'm hearing is that Jordan Matthews has kind of fallen out of favor there. And why Nelson Aguilar has all the love, I don't know. Is it because he was the draft pick? Is it because the GM just has, wants to have a, a prove a point? I don't know. But from a fantasy perspective, when I can hold on to that as a chip, because that's one of those one guys that will be a waiver wire guy. That's going to be like, Aguilar goes off in week one, like Jeffrey catches like six for 62, and Aguilar catches seven for 113 in oh, a touchdown. Oh,
2: will now. Right,
1: and that's <laughs> what's going to happen, and it's going to be like, what the hell? And that's, and that's, that's what happens in fantasy. So expect the guy. Aguilar is one of those guys, just because of the way the organization feels about him, and you haven't heard them saying spreading any love to Jordan Matthews.
2: I know, it's
0: weird. Yeah. I hope Matthews comes back to us. If he does, do we
2: like that or are we no? Like it enough. Let's continue on to the fourth round. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. I like
0: staying. Keeping us on. Keeping us on, Brad. Fourth round. We all were very all on board on this one. And it went Keenan Allen, Al Ty Montgomery. Can I stop here for a minute about and not make it about us? You hit Alshon, I know you like Ty, but Ty as a last pick in the third round, is that not, at this point, the riskiest pick? It's a risky pick. I mean, do you really think that this guy is going to be a 16-game player with touches out the lot? Yeah. I know you love, you really do. Yeah, I, 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 I
1: can't because I they drafted three running backs, they wouldn't if have he drafted three need- running backs. I
2: don't even care about that. Okay, He, he doesn't I do, but need catches, <laughs> or he doesn't need rushes. He needs, like, like Darren Sproles-level catches in a PPR league. For the end of the 60, though? 60. But he's being drafted as but a let's guy remember, who's getting... If you can get, like, 60 catches in a PPR league at running back, yeah. you're a borderline top 12 running back. No, I get it. 60 catches is a huge number.
0: Like Okay, so he's the, he was the 11th running back taken in this league. That's, that's a bad. Bad. Ahead of four now.
2: Yeah sure. Yeah no. No that's no.
0: not true. I'm sorry. That's not true. One two three. That's I'm I'm wrong. Isaiah Crowell, Mixon, Gurley, and Fournette went ahead of him. So fifteen. I'm, I was wrong. fifteen. I like
1: him there.
0: But he went above Lynch. Yes. Yes. You the like PPR.
1: that? It, okay. Lynch is PBR. PBR. Yes. Okay. Fine. 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 I, I don't know if this, I, I'm not going to discreet. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey. No. 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 Not at all. Same player. Why not? What's the difference? Um. Yeah, I'll but take I, I'll take volume. Dalvin Cook, you Yeah, to, who's gonna get more volume? Ty Montgomery. No, Ty Montgomery has more weapons around him that are gonna take away from I him. just I'm here. you know, this is gonna be a nice one for us it's just, be just a look at of, look
0: at mid-season or whatever. There ain't no right. We, don't, don't, know, know we what, don't know what's gonna happen. Not only that.
1: The Ty Montgomery to me seems like a risky motherfucking running back pick. Alright, so here's basically I think a new me. article or a new way to put on a radar map we should create a list of these players who are these weird in-between players where we have wide divergences on what their outcomes are going to be, whether you have them real high, I have them real low, I have them high, yeah, he yeah. has them low. Let's find who these players are because I think when we really work on that minutia level, then we're going to find a better real identity of, of, of us, right? Yeah. Because these are the guys that are... Who are the quandary guys? We have a consensus on these seventy percent, and these these thirty percent players are the are the key. So I'd see, this is how let's we think it. in this in this industry, and really just try to, to turn it and say, okay, let's focus here. Let's do it. All right. Um,
0: so we took Martavis Bryant in the fourth round, and that love was that pick. It, and that love that pick, and that was one pick at that was after Jarvis Landry, that was after Alshon Jeffrey, and after Keenan Allen. That's
2: a swing for the fences pick. That's. Like I could make an argument that it's not a great pick, just because. <laughs> but who, they, are yeah, who are the wide receivers we took
0: before? Who no, were the wide receivers we took before? No, that you, the you. If you no, were no,
1: I'm that we had on the team before him already.
0: Oh, we had uh, Dez and DeAndre. Yeah, you I, I understand. Yes,
2: I understand that. Like but who are guys? Him I as our now. wide receiver three. Uh, yeah, I get that. But other wide receivers that you could have taken ahead of Martavis Bryant, you know. Why well, is Terrell Pryor in the discussion? Golden Tate to provide a little bit of a floor. No Golden Tate. I agree. And Terrell Pryor would be in the discussion. And Michael Crabtree's also there. Um, uh, Larry Fitz. You know what though? To, oh, to they're me, all right to there. me they're no all question. right
1: there. But I'll take Brian's upside over those guys because Fitz. I know what I'm getting. Tate I, Tate. I know what I'm getting. Yeah, but I'm not catches. getting. I'm not getting the the 1600 yard season out of, out of Larry. I'm getting a 1,000-yard season. Yep. Yeah, I don't want a 1,000-yard season. Martavis can give me a 1,400-yard season. I don't know about that. Well, You're not he it, could! He not could! Not with Antonio Levy on back. He friend. could because of those guys. Look, when those guys get paid attention to, there's... The other thing is that things change on a dime when you have... Remember how quickly it changed when Jerry Rice got jettisoned out because of Tyrell Owens. It It happens! That's the greatest of all time. That's the GOAT. Yeah. He got booted out of, the, out of out of San Francisco.
0: I was at his last game where Terrell had, what, five tw- touchdowns?
1: Yeah, was that, four, what, was that the game against the Bears where he had 21 catches? Yeah,
0: tw- no, 21 catches, not five touchdowns. Against the Bears. 21 catches. I was at that game at. at, at, uh, at Jerry Rice had like four. Candlestick.
1: Yeah, he had four catches for like. Uh, I, no, here's I what I'm going to say I agree with both of you. I think the pick
0: is awesome because we have Des Bryant and DeAndre. If it was our wide receiver two, Martavis, pick scares me a little bit. That fluid
1: pick. This was a fluid pick.
0: This is a fluid pick. I love the upside. There are risks. Drugs. Suspension. Right. But, at the end of the day, I, he is, in my opinion, amongst the top five he, five talent-wise wide receivers in the league at this moment. It got and him. he's got the number one wide receiver drawing people away from him. Correct. Then, you've also got that awesome running back with Le'Veon Bell, who, in his mind, he so wants money guys, like a wide receiver, too. So he's essentially a wide receiver, too. See, there. that just means that Martavis Bryant can keep his nose clean, play all 16 games, is like essentially a wide receiver one on getting coverage, wide
1: receiver three coverage. With one-on-one coverage every time. Never going to get the double roll. And because they seen, have to respect Le'Veon and Antonio.
0: And of all the players that have picked on this, been picked on this board, I can only think of two players. Once the ball is in their hand, in an open four players across two positions that are equal to him. And those, and that's Julio, Odell, and probably uh, uh, um, a um, uh, excuse me, um, Le'Veon Bell in the open field with the ball in his hands. I feel like uh, Tyreek and Deshaun Jackson have to be in the mix there, but he's amongst the top tier, ball in the hands, taking that thing deep. So I love that pick. Um, and then we all were pretty fired up, and we'll go into the fifth round. Mike Gillisley. We got this.
1: Was this was again a fluid,
2: smart pick, and not reaching I for it differently. For Mike Gilleslie. I think 5th round is an early pick for Mike Gilleslie in PPR leagues. So. But, but we're at the
1: end of the 5th round mm-hmm. and we happen to make a decision based on where we are thinking what the next pick was and what were the picks before him.
0: No, it's not about the picks before him.
1: It's what were the people have
0: left after, after him. Yeah. Who do you want more? Gilleslie or Tevin Coleman?
2: Mm,
0: Gilleslie. Okay. Who do you want more? Doug Martin or Lee? Doug
2: Martin suspended so Gilleslie.
0: CJ Anderson or
2: Gillisley. CJ Anderson. Really? Yes. Wow. Um uh, Dio Rennick or Gillisley. Hey, do you remember the Patriots just I'm not hold bad on. At Let him. me let me make a point here about Mar- okay. Do you remember every year before this year when the Patriots would just give it to different running backs every game? And you never knew whose game it was. And now they have four running backs in Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead and James White and Mike Gillisley. Mike, Mike. Gillisley
0: is the best running back this team has had in the last 10 years. Oh, that's insanity. Mike Gillisley was my a opinion,
2: waiver wire scrap heap, undrafted free agent.
0: I'm just telling you, Mike Gillisley, I'm a Patriots fan, I watch your games, is the best running back this team has had in the last 10 years. Mike Gillisley? That's why I'm making these call, this call. He's the best running back they have had in the last 10 years. That's a tough statement. Who's better? If LeGarrette Blount was better, we would have drafted him in this no, league a lot earlier. He had 18 Blunt touchdowns and last Blunt year. Is, is, is,
1: is that my career? That year beware as a poster child for going to Cleveland. Ain't gonna happen. Rex Burkett is a special teams player now. No, I liked him when they I come. think Dion Lewis can get cut. I think that yeah. Dion Lewis was
0: out of the league for three years before he did something.
2: I understand. Dion he has been out of the league too.
0: I'm asking you, who's a better running back than Gillis Lee on their team over the last ten years. I got. Uh, let me uh, look. Lawrence
2: Maroney, Corey Ooh. Dillon. No, yeah. Corey Dillon's over ten years ago. Okay. Uh, that's uh, what, that's where, Corey. That's Corey, Corey Dillon was where I was one. going. That's where I was. But that's going. over ten years ago. Okay. God, well, God damn it! I old. think Lawrence Maroney's pretty good. I think he's better than Gillis Lee. Okay, fine. Think about that. But Maroney now has the first really, round pick.
1: Maroney hasn't been building for five years. And
0: Andrew, no, eight years. Seven years. Five Look, to seven. He years. was pyro, he was the first two years. I'm just telling you, Lee is the best running back this team has had in a real long time. Maybe you can argue a couple of guys. Woodhead. He's better. better.
2: No, but Woodhead was their other best okay, running back. Okay, the thing is. He's better. Gillis Lee also doesn't catch the ball. And where Lee struggles is running out of basically I-formation runs. So unless they're going to change it up and go entirely shotgun spread run base, which, hey, to the Patriots, they can do whatever the fuck they want in terms of scheme. He's a lot better running out of shotgun formation. But LeGarrette Blunt, how did he score 18 touchdowns last year? System of circumstances. Yeah. And that it, that's all out of I-formation power football that Mike Illisley doesn't excel at. Mike Illisley had the best uh, yards per contact before – being hit of any running back in the league last year to yeah, go along with his... He's a risky pick because yeah. pa, the Patriots have shown a tendency to give players, other than their lead back, lots and lots of opportunities. Yeah, and s- it, s- The I, Patriots are, what, 19-0 whenever Deion Lewis plays? And you think he's going to get cut?
1: Well, the, the thing is this, and I get what you're you saying. S- you think? I thought, I- uh, Le, was, was the one, if you're going to lead on the touchdown thing. But... If you actually go back and you look at the history, who are the who are the running backs that have scored the most fantasy points for, for New England? Keep your it's, the past, it's the pass catching guys. From the Danny Woodheads to the James Whites to the Dion Lewis's to that's the type of player that's gonna be scoring the points. Here's what I'm gonna say.
0: If Gillis if Gillis Lee does not fumble, you are going to see a top five running back season out of him. Yes. They are just gonna be like. We find the same way when Corey Dillon came there and brought them their second championship, they're just like, you know what? We gotta run him back. We don't, the reason why they're dancing around is because all these guys are fucking Jamokes. I feel like they're they got the steal and they're like, as long as he holds onto the ball and doesn't fumble, I'm telling you. Gillisley, butter. I just hope he can hold on to the ball.
2: I know it's a little hot in here, but the take was also pretty fire.
0: I <laughs> um, like it. Alright, then the next round we took Jimmy Graham. Uh, that was the fifth tight end taken. We felt the drop off at that point in the sixth round was pretty uh, significant. Uh, I like that, you know? And again, one thing about Gillisley, the only running back that, other than maybe uh, Ingram who wasn't mentioned, the only, you only liked C.J. Anderson more than Gillisley out of the five running backs I mentioned. C.J.
2: Anderson, I would have liked Carlos Hyde better. I don't. Uh, I would have liked Mark Ingram better.
0: I don't. I don't, I don't agree with those either. Um, but, I, I got to teach his own. But, that just shows me. He was there. So, it wasn't like too early because... It was right there. Um, anyway, Jimmy Graham, I like that one. Hopefully, I mean, in my opinion, he's... I love, uh... I got one
1: last yeah. thing yeah, on our last conversation. Wait.
2: Wait. Hold on The dark man. Got a fucking dart in your neck. You're crazy, you're crazy, man. You're crazy.
3: I like you, but it's your choice.
2: Valverde. That was just true. Tits were unbelievable. Oh man, I love titties. So.
0: <laughs> I did the I did the I did the open before the Valverde. Okay, it's a sneak
1: attack, like dog. You said, idiot. Oh, you gave me an extra sound bite. Oh boy. <laughs> Joe
2: Joe Flacco out three to six weeks. uh, Probably going to miss one week or two weeks of the season.
1: And he wasn't being drafted anyway. In a league like this, he should
0: be. Just because of those two games, he'd light up. But, yes. Good night. Uh, Let's move on to something else. This this is enough about that league. I like where we're headed. we got Eddie Lacy in the seventh. It's it's boomer bus. I mean, Eddie Lacy could be just totally legit. Or it could be garbage, but... In the seventh, I'll, I'm down.
1: I'm down, too. But let me, let me interject with a different love real quick. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino movies. When I was in uh, college at the Bijou Theater and saw Reservoir Dogs. You know, that was just the... He was Fool for love. That's from Reservoir Dogs. But... <laughs> Fool for love. Um, but if you have not... If you're not a Quentin Tarantino guy, or if you have been and you haven't watched Reservoir Dogs, you need to go back and watch the opening scene when they're sitting in the uh, in the diner and they're talking about Madonna like a virgin, and and then they're also talking about tipping. That is probably the most hilarious vocal just masturbation of five minutes of dick, 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 dick. dick. And she's talking like she's never got dick before. okay hey, who didn't tip? I got Tommy Chong. I got this. The greatest. Five minutes of, of cinematic, straight filming conversation. I'm gonna piggyback on
0: that in Tarantino style, and he didn't direct he directed uh, Reservoir Dogs and that was his, his first big That movie. was his first um, Or the first one, yeah. True romance. Oh, he wrote it. written by him. Okay. Made, uh filmed Andrew. by was that uh, I can find out. That wasn't I'll find uh, out. I'll find out. That wasn't, um, yeah. Find out who that movie. True Romance is amazing. You've seen that one, right? Stag Party. True Romance. So
1: with good. With, with Christian Slater, Christian Slater. Uh, uh Arquette, Rosanna Arquette. So um, good. Well, Tony Scott was the director. Scott, yes. Tony the, the, Scott, the greatest, Tony Scott. If you don't want, if you want to see the greatest cinematic scene, you just have to see the scene where uh, Christopher Walken the walks watch. in. And interrogates Dennis, Dennis Hopper, Hopper. And Dennis Hopper gives one of the greatest. The whole movie's got moments. Yes, like that. but that one yeah, was, that was like one of the greatest cinematic moments of two underappreciated geniuses in their fields, Hopkins and, and Walken. And, oh, that's just a precious moment. Yeah, there.
0: that was that's a great movie. Just oh. all around. Great movie, all around. Stag party. Give us some fantasy football love that you got. If you if you don't, if you want to think about one, I got I got something I can quickly I, talk about. My whole list is gone. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, Shinola, it's a brand out in Detroit. They make the dopest footballs you'll ever see in your Shinola? life. Shinola, it's Detroit. It was originally a watch company, but they do everything now. It's a Detroit company. They hire Detroit homeless people. They One of my buddies that came over there from Nike that I worked with in San Francisco, it's a music companies. Uh, Chris Hall, he works there now. They are freaking an amazing company. Shineola, check out their website. But they make these footballs. One of them is blue leather. They've got a regular leather. they got a white leather. Shineola, if you're
1: looking for an expense,
0: And they're, they're, their shit's expensive.
1: Oh, like, well, Shineola's shit is expensive? Can I play this, please? Yeah. Now that
3: you're going out of the world, there's uh, something you should know. You see that? Yeah. That's shit. And this is Shinola. <laughs> shit. Shinola. Son, you're gonna be alright. The jerk. <laughs>
0: But yeah, Shinoa's footballs If you're looking to buy your kid a football And you're willing to spend 150 bucks on it Their blue football is one of the coolest things ever Come on, Stag Party Come up with something fo- fantasy football Come on You don't got it? Stag Party wants this show to end Before three
1: hours I'm We're fine, close. With, it.
0: Close. Yeah, I'm fine with it
1: We're
0: You got anything? I thought NFL 10 is Constantly I talked about that I thought you did constantly draft him but not on MFL 10s, did you? Same thing. So <laughs> can, I, can I
1: end on a, on, a, on a love that I want to yeah. have happen? Um, and in this ridiculous, political-infused world where everyone is so on a side, I want to just, as Houdini as, as likes to say, I would love to hearken back <laughs> to the days when... We actually had bipartisanship and we actually worked across aisles and it wasn't about what was important for one party or another and that we actually had people who voted for convictions of what was right and what was wrong. America. America. So I want to make... Country over party. I want to make America and I don't want to make this a political statement of, of one side versus the other. Look, both sides have great ideas, they just need to actually come together and meld those ideas and actually come to a, a thing that, compromise is a part where no one feels great, but everyone has a part of it. So, compromise and let's... Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
0: I like it. Before we close this thing out, and I guess we're not going to do any more fans football action, which is all good. we got some good goo out here, and we wanted this show. Uh, we're going to probably try. I think we're saying we're going to try and do uh, six-ish shows before the season starts. Uh, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. It's crazy the way these weeks fly by, and we do have other stuff going on. But the last thing I want to say is I just came off of a Awesome trip a couple weeks ago in Colorado. Um, and the, one of the, my loves is the mountains, the outdoors, camping, doing a camping trip. I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't done a camping trip in your life, come on. Do a camping trip.
1: <laughs> can I say, can I say a real camping trip? I say a real camping trip, not a glamping trip? It Nothing. doesn't matter. Hey, let's it doesn't glamping. matter. Okay. Well, glamp,
0: I mean, it's glamping, meaning. Like, you went on a hike and then went back to the hotel.
1: No, no, no. Or like where you don't even get in the tent. You have like your, your attachment RV and you're just out there.
0: Yeah. Just whatever it is, get yourself outdoors. Let's start people. Okay, okay. I'll
1: let's take your, baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> Whitewater rafting. Great. Skiing. Things with chair lifts. Don't be like D-Rex's neighbor who just sits and watches TV for the entire time that he's in his room. And he's watching TV right now. Poor guy.
0: Uh, get outside, you know. Snowboarding, do go fly like I travel. Fishing. Live life. Go fly. Fishing. Experience things. Go to the beach. Go to a lake. Go on a hike. Go to a comedy show. Go to. Hold don't on, go on, we're outdoors. We're, we're tying out oh, outdoors, All right, right, fine.
1: Go to a festival.
0: Yeah, outdoors. Go hear festivals. music. Do that stuff. Live life because the truth is, I'm a little bit older, and you, I've. Other than the fact that we know a lot of women listen to this show, older people do listen to this show, but the older people, go out, the younger people, go out and enjoy life. Get off your friggin' phone, get off your screen, get off this, and just go outside. And I was working last night on Pyro, and I was in Mesa, Arizona, and it looked like a beautiful night, and I was sitting there like, you know what? You're a friggin' quarter of a mile away from Sloan Park, get off your machine. Go outside, see the sunset, check this out. I threw my ear pod, my, my earbuds in, listened to some Radiohead, and I was going around, had a beer in my hand, and it was like the, the greatest thing ever. Just enjoy outside. Everyone's so fucking locked into their screens and being inside. We're all house cats. So that's the last thing I'm going to say. I think this has been a great show.
1: What are we closing out with?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Maps. Um, love you guys. Stag party. I get love this show. Yeah, the show's good. We're, we're fired up to do a number of shows on topics that we didn't talk about before we started the show, so we gotta figure out what our, our next four or five shows are. And then when we get in the season, every Tuesday night,
1: we got nothing we but love for
0: you, baby. Yeah, we just got every matchup, every player, and it's ridiculous. And here's the one thing I'm gonna let you know. Everyone listens to a lot of podcasts. I know the famous footballers, and all these other guys are, are awesome. But we were there first. We were. There's a handful of shows that were there before us. But all these topics and everything you hear in a lot of these other shows, it's all good. We love them all. Respect. Uh, it's The best form of flattery is, uh, you know imitation copy, excuse me not copying uh, but we've been doing that shit since 2000 and friggin 11. we're approaching early. 300
1: shows yeah
0: approaching 300 shows and, and our shows are three uh, 300 uh, three hours a piece this is unbelievable stuff so when you're listening to your other show and you're listening to us we know we're crazy especially me and Houdini uh, but we're pioneers. We were there doing it before the people you, uh, other folks you love. And uh, that's just important to us. We're pioneers. We're still doing it. We're still bringing it. And on a daily basis, the subject matters that we come up with, and we work hard on this, are the subject matters that we prioritize and, and pioneer that people are
1: doing now. And the, and the other thing is, guys, it's real. This, this is not like, oh, we're sitting here producing, trying to be like... ESPN are trying to, we're not, we are who we are, This this is free flow, it's fluid, everything in life is fluid, we're fluid in our podcast, we're fluid in our dress, we're fluid in our life experiences, be fluid, be
0: fluid, be like water, we love you guys, amen, this is going to be 275, the love show, out, this is a love show of a different type, yeah yeah yes, high fives across to my brother's. High fives out to our listeners. Let's do this. We're almost here at the 2017 season. It's going to be a big one. Pick up that draft kit. Join Pyro Pro. Out.
3: never been a man of
2: of words, but there's something that I have to say to you. Inga, I've loved you from the first time that I saw you, and I love you more than any man's ever loved a woman um, that he's never actually spoken to. I'm only going to offer this once. Inga, will you um, have sex with me?
3: He off my stepfather more.